That is what we call kata. I am uh, kata? formally trained in the art of kata. And really what it is is when there are no actual attackers, you just go... Uh, that's the sound of the weekend for those of you who are not... Mug Club members, and why would you want to be after that introduction? <laughs> uh, producing with me in video studio, as always, is Jared, who is not gay. Follow him on Twitter at notgayjared, me at scrowder. I fulfill my legal obligations, draw your own conclusions. We good? Well, I'll shut up A now. Jew! We have a Jew in the studio. <laughs> Our EP, Whoa! Scott, and you'll see why that matters. Be very nice to me. <laughs> he actually has Berg in the name. Be very nice to me. How, how hard is it to, <laughs> anytime you actually run into, like, an anti-Semite, and you can sense it? And they ask you your last name. Do you it, change it? Here's the thing. I've lived in the suburbs of New York, Los Angeles, a very liberal town in Boulder, Colorado. I have not run into many, <laughs> many anti-Semites. It just hasn't really happened at all. Oh, boy. You know what's more interesting? The fact that we can't see Scott in this shot well at all. Nothing like perpetuating the original stereotype. <laughs> because we're not tall. <laughs> uh, and the reason this matters is front. But when I was on CNN today, on their app anyway, front page, I should say it's opinion, but this is CNN, supposed to be a news network. They have this article. Clearly, the Trump administration has a problem with the Jews. Um, CNN, you're not even trying anymore. It's like after the BuzzFeed Russian hooker debacle. They're just mm -hmm. like, you know what? He hates the Jews. Let's just see what sticks. Let's just, let's just see <laughs> what sticks. And this comes after his visit to the Anne Frank Museum. Yeah. Um, and, and actually said some very nice things. I mean, you see this, what was it, the, the African-American uh, Museum? He, his speeches were actually pretty nice, pretty mm -hmm. uniting, and this is why we can't have nice things. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't even know where to start uh, on this article. The guy goes on to write, Scott highlighted this, he goes on to say, millions of Jewish kids go to school in fear every day. I think talking about Americans, I don't know, he's not really talking about Israel. No. Uh, he also says that basically the crux of it is Donald Trump hasn't been very nice to Jews all this time. This is the article. It is so baseless. Go to CNN.com, mm -hmm. read it. Clearly Trump doesn't care about the Jews. As a matter of fact, uh, when asked for comment, the original author had this to say. You disgrace! You are everything that's gone wrong in this world. You are self-consumed, no talent, mediocre piece of shit. And I've earned my right to say it. Okay? I had two. How does he get his own column? Oh no. Uh, what's the screening process for this at, at CNN now? It's low though. It's um, low. It's a low. Here's a low before bar. we get into it, Scott, you yeah. I mean, you got so passionate that you put in like 25 unnecessary sources. <laughs> this one got in, to me. In the show map. Is there I mean, I can understand right when people say, "Okay, Donald Trump, maybe there's an authoritarian bent, maybe he has a problem with the press." We go, "Okay, I can see a problem there." This one to me as a gentile with Donald Trump certainly compared to Barack Obama, whether you agree with the Israel situation or not or the UN, let, let, let's let's get that off the table. But to say Donald Trump is more anti-Israel seems so entirely baseless. No, it, it is baseless in this uh, gentleman, this French socialist. <laughs> I can only assume he's a socialist. Uh, that's not what he said. He just said he's not, he doesn't like Jews. That that's Donald what Trump the article like was about. He just doesn't like Jews. If you look at his policy towards Israel, he's obviously more pro-Israel than Barack Obama is. Well, yeah, we have that actually here. Uh, Barack Obama, uh, before he left the presidency, he tried to send, tried to Western Union $222 <laughs> million to Palestine. By the way, Palestine's still under control of Hamas, who does have the destruction of any and all Jews in their charter. Mm -hmm. And he tried to do this unilaterally. Uh, Donald Trump froze it when he came in. It was one of the first things that he did. Uh, let's talk again. Let's take away how you feel about Israel and uh, and, and and 
the American government or the UN, let's just address the premise that Donald Trump all hates Jews. And really look at his actions compared to the previous administration. Do we have the John Kerry speech? We do. We do. So John Kerry gave this speech on the Israel-Palestinian uh, conflict. So uh, let's, let's act as though Donald Trump were saying this. It's going to be just that much harder to separate, that much harder to imagine transferring sovereignty. And that is exactly the outcome that some are purposefully accelerating. Let's be clear. Settlement expansion has nothing to do with Israel's security. Um, incorrect. Scott, does settlement expansion have anything to do with Israel's security? Of course it does. Is that something to do with rockets? It, it has to do with... <laughs> Uh, do with tunnel bombs? It has to do with paying terrorist <laughs> bombers, paying their families after the attack has happened. Yeah. <laughs> what else What else do you need? By the way, um, depending on how well they pay, do any Jews get in on that action? No, they don't. <laughs> they do not. I would know. <laughs> <laughs> that's something that's, that's posted on Craigslist. <laughs> Um, here's an interview with Obama. Again, we're just we're just comparing for CNN to put this out as news. CNN, trust the most trusted name in news. Mm. Donald Trump is anti-Jew. He's an anti-Semite. Uh, let's compare it with a direct interview from Barack Obama uh, not long ago. Can you understand the sense of betrayal? No, I, I think uh, I'll be honest with you that uh, that kind of hyperbole, those kinds of statements. Uh, don't have basis in fact. They may work well with respect to uh, deflecting attention from the problem of settlements. They may play well with Bibi's political base as well as uh, the Republican base here in the United States, but they don't match up with the facts. Uh, because Barack Obama is the gatekeeper for the facts. Gatekeeper. Also, CNN and BuzzFeed, their colleagues at BuzzFeed. I love, don't you love how dismissive he is? It may, may play well with the Republican base and, and uh, mm. BB's voting base. Well, uh, normal people. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Nobody but, else. But, but not the people who aren't being blown up in record numbers. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's just, it, it, you know, let's, let's talk about actions. This guy in the article, and, and Scott was talking about this earlier today, you know, Donald Trump. So right away, uh, Israel actually, they were, they were really upset that, that Barack Obama did not veto the, uh, the condemnation across the board of Israel from the UN. Mm -hmm. The UN might as well be called the We Hate the United States and Israel Organization. Maybe that's why we tend to be buddies. They hate us both. <laughs> and they partner up with countries that are literally run by terrorist organizations. I mean, imagine if both Canada and Mexico had it in their country's charter, oh, the gosh. destruction of any and all Americans. Let's try and put that into some context. I yeah. know we're going to get some people who hate Jews in the comment section and say that we're paid by... And if France lectured us about wanting to protect our borders from yeah, said yeah. violence. <laughs> <laughs> or if France lectured us about anything. Anything. <laughs> Trump, right away, after the UN vote, came in, warned them. This is what he did. He came in, he warned them, went into bat for Israel. Sorry for the alt-right people who thought, who, who don't like the Jews. Donald Trump is possibly the greatest friend to Israel of any modern president in history. Certainly if you look at his first actions. Uh, and not to mention his daughter married a Jew and converted. By the way, that's, that's, that's something that, um, you know, I can understand marrying a Jew, but converting. <laughs> yeah. That's a lot of baggage. That's some new dedication. I mean, it's not like it's fun. Automatically makes you more annoying. Does it? Does it? It really? does. It automatically. Once you convert, you are more annoying immediately. Well, how so? Is it just? Is it just for other Jewish people? Because we're Jewish. <laughs> <laughs> we're Jewish. Okay. I, I didn't expect him to go so full board. He's gonna ease into it. People are gonna think that we 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 put this in his contract. Otherwise, he would be fired. Let's be honest. He controls the contract. Let's be honest. Here. He. Uh, so, so <laughs> it, it really is. 
and the banks. I don't know what happened. I don't know what he happened. And I'm like, he, and I'm coming. He had seized my assets, <laughs> and I'm coming for this show next. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for the show next. He's coming for the whole CRTV network and mm. YouTube. And YouTube. He has a contact. The YouTube. He knows the guy. <laughs> um, by the way, for final comment on this, let's go back to the original author. He he had this to say. Who the f are you? You nothing. You nothing. You are nothing. And you will never be anything. Never. How dare you? How dare you? You miserable, mediocre nothing. I will say, not a great ambassador for the Jewish people. <laughs> no. I don't know how he's so... He looks like Andre the Giant if he were a midget. Yeah, that's what's so like bizarre. Andre the Giant scrotum, perhaps. Well, well, now we know why he's relegated to the online section of CNN, and we don't see him appear on panels. No. Um, this article was up. We, oh, by the way, I should have said, we have Pogo... We didn't introduce our guests. Oh, my gosh. Michael Ian Black Retake. today. I should have said, Michael Ian Black, who doesn't like me very much, uh, thinks that I'm wrong about everything rape culture. I apologize, Zero. I don't think there's rape culture in the United States. And of course, we have Pogo. Mm -hmm. Pogo. Huge guests. Pogo. I, I can't People believe... are stoked. They've been waiting for this yeah, forever. People are stoked. As a matter of fact, that's why we're just going to do this one more topic and get to the guests, because yes. I think they're going to be great guest segments. Uh, this was uh, up as an article today, the Sports Illustrated model. I know we've talked about this before. Hunter McGrady. Now, I read this, and I know, why are you talking about fat chicks? Here's why. This is why this is important. Because if you actually read this article, and it's this virtue signaling, hey, everyone is proud. This is my God-given body. I'm proud. It actually sends a horrible message to teenage girls. Mm -hmm. Just like feminism. Feminism sent a horrible message to young women yep. with the sexual liberation, with the idea that you don't need a man, with the idea of rape culture. And they basically completely stripped women of their natural God-given power. I know women who feel empty inside because they can't figure out what career they're supposed to have because feminism tells them they have to have a career. This yeah. person just wants to be a mom. They well, can't, and, that, and that's not okay today. I know. I, well, I know the friends are, she feels empty because of the barren womb. That's also something <laughs> that makes it tough. It's true. Um, right off the bat, it went went to a weird dark place. It's weird. <laughs> I don't know how much how much darker you can get with Michael Ian Black. I'm sure he'll probably say something anti-Semitic. <laughs> so she she sits here and she talks in this article. She's talking about her God-given body and she talks about how she, when she was a teenager and he, here, here are the pictures. When she was a teenager, she starved herself and she was unhealthy. And you see these pictures. It does look like maybe she's she's a little bit too thin. Um, and then she talks about how now her God-given body is her. She claims a size 18, which usually means you're probably like a size 22. Let's be right. And it doesn't change. The rule doesn't change with plus size models. Here's the thing with that. Um, there is a middle ground. There is a middle ground here. She could eat healthy and exercise and, and probably would be slightly smaller. Now, I'm not saying that she's completely unattractive, but there is a middle ground. You don't have to be anorexic, skinny and unhealthy or overweight and unhealthy. And by the way, by, by, by a doctor's measurement, this would be an unhealthy weight for her at mm -hmm. her size. A size 18, a size 20, a size 22. And she even talks about, in this article, she talks about, um, when I was a teenager, I constantly tried to shave more off my hips. But here's the thing. That's your problem. Yeah. No men want you to shave more off your hips. Even men who like thin women are like, I like thin women. I don't want any hips. <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> I don't even like boobs and butts. Let's just put that out there to confuse them. No, no men want you to not have hips. And here's the issue that I have with this. Not only is it doing a great disservice to young women, but it is incredibly vilifying of young men. Mm -hmm. Because what you're doing is you're creating a straw man, this, this ideal standard of beauty that no men have ever held out there. Men don't have 
an ideal, one perfect standard of beauty. That, that's what's wonderful. We need to be telling young girls, listen, if you're within the parameters of health, men will like you, whether you're tall, whether you're short, you're thinner, you're slightly chubber, as long as you are relatively healthy and put yourself together well throughout history. Men have found a majority of women sexually attractive. I mean, you can look at them. You have Marilyn Monroe was a model slightly bigger. Then you have Audrey Hepburn, obviously, who goes the other direction. When I was a kid, Julie Newmar was someone uh, I had a big crush on watching Batman. She's a more average mid-sized mm-hmm. girl. If you look at the cover of men's magazines, uh, you, you see people of all different sizes. As a matter of fact, if you want to look for someone to blame, blame, look for when women allowed themselves to be co-opted by homosexual fashion designers who create <laughs> women's magazines. The only place you see this crazy, unrealistic standard of beauty is on Mary Claire and Elle mm. and wherever these gay men want to make women look like little boys. No straight men expect that. E- even today, let's let's look at this today objectively. The most beautiful woman in the world, whenever you look at people's list, you have men who love Taylor Swift, love her, they find her gorgeous, she's on the thin, tall side, and some men, Love Beyonce. That's not my thing. Maybe it's yours. <laughs> I noticed your selection of photographs there. We will get letters regarding the Queen Bee. By the way, if you send me a letter and say Queen Bee, I, I'm not going to. I immediately know that you're an angry gay. You just purge your email, start a new one. Just get so, it out. So, so this tells little girls you either have to have an eating disorder or you have to be overweight. Yeah. And you should be proud of being overweight. And it, it, they take something that can be so unifying, this idea of, of beautiful women in all different shapes and sizes, which by the way is, is, is pretty universal for men, and they try to guilt men based on uh, an expectation men don't have, and then tell women that they'll be happier with a life that will de- make them definitively less healthy and unhappy. And something else, a big irony here that I, that, that I think a lot of people miss, the, the whole fat pride movement is based on inner beauty, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's about the inner beauty. Well, if you read this article, if this woman weren't pretty and a plus size model, you wouldn't be talking about inner beauty. Let's look mm-hmm. at what she, she, she wrote. Her biggest dream was to be the Sports Illustrated swimsuit model cover. That's just as shallow in vain as any model out there. You just happen to be overweight. She, 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 look, we're not talking about her interview. She wasn't dreaming of building orphanages. Mm-hmm. She wasn't dreaming of going out there and curing diseases. She wasn't dreaming of, of raising a great family. Her dream was to be ogled in a swimsuit. So look, that's fine if that's your dream. I get it. Lots of thin people have those dreams too. But if you're going to condemn thin people as shallow and vain and say, look, look at me, it's about inner beauty. Oh, really? Well, what are you about? Posing naked? <laughs> so you're just the same thing. You're doing the exact same thing. We're supposed to act as though these plus-size models somehow are pushing the boundaries as though they're not vain. They're just as vain. They just didn't do the push-ups. And the problem here is, it's again, um, you're turning something, men, their attraction, to women of all different shapes and sizes. You're creating outrage at something that couldn't be less outrageous. Hey, Steven. Steven, real quick. Come over here. Do you think she's hot? Uh, Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking, what do you think about her? Yeah? What do you think about, what do you think about that? Her? Mm. I guess, but probably prefer the other ones. Alright, alright, the double secret patriarchy meeting is now in session. First item of business. It is very important that we make sure women don't catch on to the fact that marriage is nothing more than glorified rape. So please keep that under your hats, shall yeah, you? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, of absolutely. Course, yeah. All right. On to item number two. 
We need unified standards on what will be determined as the most recent oppressive standards of beauty that we don't even like. Anybody have suggestions? Yeah, me. Yes, Bradley. Yeah, I was just thinking maybe we could, uh, like, tell women, or the people who do the magazines, that we, like, that we like bigger breasts and, and, and nice bodies. <laughs> even though we don't like any of those things. Brilliant, Bradley. That will really screw with their heads. Anyone else? Yeah, over here. Yes, Phil Cool. Yeah, I was thinking that uh, maybe we tell people that we like women more, you know, who are more nurturing and good at, around the house. Ha! <laughs> Even though clearly men are not attracted to any of those qualities in the opposite sex. Good thinking, Phil. We'll be sure to maintain our death grip on oppression. Okay, one more. Yes, you in the back there, Perry. Uh, how about we put out the notion that we like our women to look like women. Ho <laughs> ho, that's glorious. Even though men clearly like women who look like androgynous little boys, we'll tell them that we prefer them looking feminine. Oh, that'll be sure to get their goat and grind their gears. Well, I think we have a lot to work with this week. Refreshments are in the back, but keep it to a two per person maximum. Double secret patriarchy meeting is adjourned. See you next Tuesday. I don't have a bomb shelter. I don't have some kind of a road warrior truck for when the crap hits the fan, and I'm not a prepper. But I have lived through some natural disasters in my lifetime. The ice storm in Montreal, where we actually knew people who died, couldn't get food or water. My brother with earthquakes in Los Angeles. It pays to be prepared. You don't have to be some crazy person living out in the plains to do so. And that's why right now with this promotional offer from Louder with Crowder, you can call 888-457-3453 to get a 30-day emergency food kit for $99 shipped. You've got drinks, you've got food, uh, everything you need in here. Really for thir- shut up. Shut up! Don't screw up my take, I told you not to screw up my take. I'm gonna keep doing it again. That's 888-457-3453 or online at preparewithcr.com. 140 servings, 30 days. Set it and forget it. Leave it in your basement, wherever. You don't have to think about it. $99 shipped free. 888-457-3453 or preparewithcr.com. Very nice. Pogo, who's coming up after our next guest. Mm -hmm. Hopefully it's all a good time. We never know. Good times. Uh, next guest, I've actually followed him for a while, followed his comedy uh, over there at uh, Stella is a comedy troupe that he's taken part in. My brother's a huge fan. He had some choice words for me, some choice words went back and forth, but now he is on the program uh, at Michael Ian Black. Mr. Black, thank you for being here, sir. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. I'm glad to have you on. So um, let me set the, the, the table here for people who don't exactly know uh, what the engagement kind of has been. And then ho hopefully, I, I will say it's been civil uh, offline since then and direct messaging. It's been very cordial. Um, I was in the middle of a show a couple weeks ago, and an old video of mine resurfaced regarding rape culture. So I know you tweeted to me uh, this, just holy shit. And then there were a few tweets after that when I was encouraging you to come on the show. So let's just let's just lead with that, Michael. Um, holy shit, what? I'm always open to new ideas. 
Uh, sure. Holy shit. Uh, that video is appalling. Okay. How so? In a number of ways. The first is that it's trivializing, demeaning, and uh, making a cartoon of somebody's uh, experience with what they describe as a sexual assault. So okay. by doing that, you're, I think, uh, guilty of the thing that a lot of these women say, mm -hmm. which is you're making them feel uh, like they're not going to be believed and that they're going to have a hard time coming forward sure. if they're going to be on the receiving end of this kind of action. Okay. Uh, can I respond to that? Of course. Okay. A couple of things. Um, did you watch the whole video? Yes. Okay, because one of the very first things I talk about is the grave concern with people like Lena Dunham falsely attributing rape, uh, or falsely accusing rape, rather, is the people who come forward who have actually been raped. And the people who falsely cite statistics like the one in three or one in four, which is verifiably untrue, that That's that makes it true. actually... What you're saying is untrue. You no, know, what I'm saying is completely true. What actually. you're saying is untrue. The CDC I, study that you I have the statistics. No, no, no. The Bureau for too. Justice. And what you're saying... You know, the Bureau for Justice, I have it right in front of me. CDC right now, nearly one in five, 18.3% of women, and one in 71 men, 1.4% yeah. re reported experiencing rape at some time in their lives. Uh, okay, that's there you the go. CDC. So let me, let me, let me, let me uh, clarify that. See, that's the CDC report experiencing rape. Right now, when we frame in what rape is, which is sexual assault, unwanted, unwarranted, without consent, the Bureau for Justice says that uh, it's... 6.1 per 1,000, so that would be 0 0.003. What is the Bureau of Justice? The United States Bureau of Justice. It's a, it's a federal department of justice. We're so talking the about the United States statistics here regarding rape. And again, let me hold on a second. Let me respond. So let me respond really quickly. The CDC is incorrect. You're saying the CDC, the Centers for Disease Control, is wrong. Yes. And you're correct. No. And how are you basing no, that? No, I'm not. And let me tell you why I'm saying my statistic is correct, because I'm fully aware of the statistics that uh, that you cite, that Lena Dunham, that them and their ilk cite, and I'm aware with the flaws in that statistic. Now, that includes any P and V that is regretful. Are you aware this is taught on campus? Do you know what that means? No, it says rape. Any, That's what it yeah, says. Any, again, rape is defined as any P and V, any penis in vagina, which is regretful. As a matter of fact, let's look at the California rape statute, which would be included. The California rape statute uh, requires consent continually throughout the entire act of sexual intercourse, meaning that someone could immediately become guilty of rape within one thrust without even knowing it. That's the California rape statute. That's not correct. It is correct. I have it right what in front of me. Know. Well, what consent implies and says explicitly is, and you said this in your video, that if somebody says no at any point, that person has to stop. That's what you said. No, but so that's, not, that's not that's what, what California means. No, that's, that's not what, what California means. means. Therefore, what you're saying well, hold is on a second, Hold on a second. You just made a bunch of leaps. Okay, I'd rather instead of making no, leaps and assumptions, leaps, leaps and assumptions. Consent has to uh, occur, and that when somebody says no at any time during the act, I'm quoting you now. You said that is rape, and that's what California. Okay, says you made a bunch about. of assumptions. Are you aware of the California statute that is called affirmative consent? Uh, no, I'm not. Okay, well, it's what so, I just told you about. So let's assume for a second. Let's hold on a second. I didn't say that you were wrong. I didn't say that what you said was untrue. Right, I'm saying you're wrong. Yeah, I, I, I didn't say what you said. Sorry, I, you are wrong. What you said was not necessarily untrue. I'm not saying that you were being dishonest. You are incorrect. So l l let me present that. Let's let's before we go back and forth again on that and different definitions. Again, there is a CDC definition. There's a Bureau of Justice definition, which frames in rape as actual sexual assault, unwanted sexual intercourse, not drunken intercourse, not intercourse where a girl afterwards says that she regretted it. 
It's actual rape. We, we, we need to make that clear because Elena Dunham was talking about sex that she regretted. And in that mm -hmm. video, I talked about lumping. This is the whole point, Michael. This is important. The whole point of that video. And by the way, the first thing I say is rape is never acceptable. Okay. You absolutely okay. said that. Several times. And it demeans and it belittles the horrendous act of rape by simply throwing it out as an accusation and lumping in all regretful sex as rape. So for you she to didn't say, throw it out as an accusation. In fact, she went to great pains to say that she had very mixed emotions about it. She had to process it. It was psychologically difficult for her. Sure. She went to great pains to say that this experience uh, required her to undergo a lot of thought, examination, self-examination, and self-recrimination. She didn't willy-nilly say that this was rape. And for you to characterize that- I would consider that, a false accusation willy-nilly. What? I would consider a false accusation verifiably false willy-nilly. It is not verifiably false. There's nothing that she said I've spoken that was with verifiably him. false. I've spoken with no him. I've spoken with him. She went I've spoken through. with him. She never pressed charges and she dropped the issue completely and said that she misspoke. Charges. She said that she misspoke and she said that she blew it up. She wishes she never said it. The man claims she it never happened. That. Can you quote that to me? Hey, I can't quote Speaking that to you out, her right now, you but I can. Speaking out was never about exposing the man who assaulted me. Rather, it was about exposing my shame, meaning hers, mm -hmm. letting it dry out in the sun. I did not wish to be contacted by him or to open a criminal investigation. Yeah, That's well, her words. Yeah, so but why not? You, were you saying that she regretted that and she wished she had never said it? Yeah, she talked about it later on, saying that it was where? blown out of proportion. Tell me where? Show I don't. Me. I don't have Lena Dunham's exact quote right you in front of me. You have to have it if you're going to make accusations. Well, what you, you just said right it. there. Why would she not? not let's use, talk okay, about. Okay, hold, 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 hold on, Michael. Michael. Yes, Michael. Hold you know, on. I, you're I'm going off the deep end, brother. You're going off the deep end, brother. Hold on a second. I want to let you finish. Let me finish. Okay, when I speak, and I'll let you finish. So we can go back and forth. Right there, CDC Bureau of Justice. Can we agree that we need to define rape? before we start talking about a rape culture. We didn't talk about a rape culture. Well, that video was entirely about rape culture. It was called okay, so now you rape, rape culture. Rape culture. Yes, we can the talk video about was about uh, rape culture and you tweeted me, holy shit, right? Right, the video was about rape culture. You have a problem with my video, which was addressing rape culture. Yes, Do absolutely. you not? Okay, so let's not, so let's clarify. I'm not pulling a bait and switch. I'm allowing you the floor when you decided to pull out a random video and launch some kind of a Twitter tirade. It was about rape culture. I didn't, start, I didn't launch it was about a Twitter, rape culture. Twitter tirade. I said, holy shit, and I'm explaining why. And then repeatedly, when asked to come on the show, said no, I needed to talk with a woman who was a victim of sexual assault. Yes. Yeah. How is that a tie rate, Stephen? Because it was repeatedly, multiple times. You have several, mi you several several million followers. Yeah. Several million followers. Several no, no, you didn't. No, you didn't. You tried to hide behind people who didn't exist, who you didn't put forward beforehand. Stephen, what are you talking about? Okay, You're so rape culture is what we're I talking about. Don't exist. Yeah, you didn't. You, you didn't present a victim of sexual assault to debate. You're a fact person. How are you determining that? Who did you suggest for me to debate, if not yourself? You I said, said any woman sexual abuse. Yeah. And I put I, I put you said, well, first off, you said any woman. Right. No, I did not say any woman. I said a victim of sexual abuse. You can quote you said me any woman on the subject the as well. I, I believe. Hold on. I believe I have some of the tweets. So you did say of sexual abuse and you said that any woman would be more qualified in the subject. Yes. Any woman would be more qualified than me to talk about. this. In fact, probably every single adult woman I know could share with you. Yes. So am I, is that not factual? What I just said, then that is your quote. No. What, what you just said, yes, is my quote. Yes. So you said any victim of sexual assault or any yes. adult woman. Yes. Did you okay, provide anyone? Because I provided two people, two adult women. But right. And I said I wasn't comfortable speaking on behalf right. of sexual abuse uh, survivors because okay. I'm not one. OK. But right now you just said you were willing to come on and argue. You weren't. You tried to shirk it several times is my point. I'm glad we're having this conversation. But don't act as though anyone else drew first blood here so other than yourself. You're accusing me of Let's get back to rape culture. Let's get back to rape culture. Come on. No, I think you should come on. 
But you so acted as though you Why wanted you to come on right away. The point is, Michael, you tried to take a parting shot, and now we're here. This is good. What was my parting shot, Stephen? Your parting shot was throwing out a tweet to someone with a smaller profile than yourself, then refusing to come on until you were cornered and felt but pressured. I didn't refuse. I came on. Here you repeatedly did. You repeatedly did, and I appreciate you agreeing to. So rape culture is what we're talking about. So you also said that you think that my uh, video was incentive, which of course dealt in statistics, as we're talking about right now. What about your rape jokes then? Uh, let's talk about, you said you wanted what to define rape. What about your rape? rape. Let's yeah, but hold on a second. You rape. said it was very insensitive. You've made rape jokes throughout your entire 90, career. 90,185 <laughs> rapes in 2015. That's 2015. Michael, do you, think you started it off personally, rapes? and I went to the... Do you think we, that's too many rapes? You started even? off personally. I think one rape is Say too many again. rapes. You started off personally. You started off personally saying that you personally... Uh, make people very uncomfortable, ashamed of these incidents with your video on rape. You talked about making light of it, making jokes about it. Demeaning what, the victim, okay, yes. Okay, yeah, by making light of it. What about but your... Wait a minute, you said you what wanted about to define your, rape and now I, you're I moving do, away I from do. the well, subject. We did define, so we did define you, rape. Let's have a definition of rape. We did let's define talk about the numbers of rapes and let's talk about rape culture, which you say doesn't exist. I'm saying there were 90,185 rapes in 2015, this according to the FBI. Do you think that's too many rapes? This is the exact same thing as Christopher Titus. Do Why you don't you care about dead kids? Yes I, no. Of course I do. Okay. How is that then, relevant to the so fact that there is no is rape culture in the United rape, States and, and that you're you pulling out bogus statistics? Not rape culture. How many broken arms are there in the United States because someone doesn't know how to open an oven? Is that too many? Well, of course they, it's well, too many. I didn't, I didn't, they, the point see, is, it's a no, stupid non sequitur, Michael. It's a stupid non sequitur. Any rape is too many rapes. We agree. Rape. Nobody here is a supporter of rape. Stop trying to frame it in as though I somehow support some kinds of rape. I don't. Michael, what about your rape jokes? Which is what you asked to What do. about your rape jokes? I don't want to. We can talk about my rape jokes. So is that not the same thing? Because you didn't do so in a way that was addressing it factually. As Wait I did, you simply have made rape jokes that are insensitive and making like. Does that mean you support rape? Of course not. Tell me, tell me what rape jokes I made. Uh, a couple then. Done skiing for the day, drunk and exhausted. I feel like I was date raped. What yeah. I'm learning about date rape jokes is that some people really like them and some people do not. Rape is generally not a funny topic, but when you add the word date to it, it somehow becomes magically pretty amusing. Uh huh. That's a that's a Need terrible tweet on my part. That last one. Here's the thing, Michael. I don't think it's offensive and I don't think I, it's I, I don't think, think it hurts horrible. rape victims. But my point is, before we go into personal attacks, I didn't personally attack you. You, you, you make a personal argument as though I somehow don't care about victims of rape. No, I just see, have a different I opinion. Than that. You. I said, holy shit, because your video is no, appalling. I never attacked you personally. Yeah, but you've not proven why it's appalling. You said it makes light. You it's demeaning. Of me attacking you personally. Please show me. Sure. Right at the outset of this, thank God people have rewind on the internet. Uh, though I don't know if it's called rewind. It's called skip thirty, I think, where you said uh, it demeans and makes light of the situation of people that is who are not rape a victims. Personal attack on no, you. no, that I'm is saying you tried to set the, the argument personally. It's an attack on the world. You tried to set the argument personally. As you're doing now, are there too many rapes? Yes, of course there are. That's right, trying so to frame the argument as though one of us is sympathetic to rape victims and one of us isn't. The fact is, you've made no, far more. No, that's not at all what I'm saying. I'm saying you deny that there's rape culture. So yes. If there is no rape culture, if sure. rape isn't a problem in this country, that two, different, should, ah, two, different things, two 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 different things. There's a the difference floor. between rape, rape culture and rape being a problem in this country. Then surely there is a number at which you agree that rape is acceptable, and a number at which you agree it is not. So if the number is zero, which we both agree it is, <laughs> the number is zero of acceptable rapes. That's what you said, and I'm agreeing. 
then clearly there's a problem in the culture if the FBI is saying there were 90,185 reported rapes in 2015. Yeah, incorrect. The, okay, so the so, FBI is incorrect no. and the CDC is incorrect. No, that's not what I said. Incorrect. You just said incorrect. Your statement right now, which was two or three paragraphs, was incorrect. Now, before you got to the FBI, very clever, tying in at the end of an entire opining on your behalf to act as though that somehow substantiates what you said. You said there are these many rapes, and if we agree that rape is a problem, of course rape is a problem, then we agree there's a rape culture. Eh, don't agree there's a rape culture. Just like I don't agree there's a murder culture. I don't, I, I don't agree that there's a racism culture in the United States. I don't agree there's a cultural problem with it. I believe there's rape. And certainly if we want to get into a rape culture problem, we can get into societies where that is the case. As nearly every Islamic nation in the world where rape is actually, in fact, uh, allowed legally. It's not allowed here. Rape is illegal in this country and rape is very, very rare in the United States. And my point that's, is this. Okay, so the FBI, when they say 90,185, that's very, very rare. Yes. Okay. And, and when you say it's very, very rare and that uh, the CDC says one in five will experience rape in their lifetime, that is also rare? One in five is false. Okay, so the CDC is wrong. Yes. And the FBI saying 90,000 is rare. Well, first there off, you have, two, you have two numbers that contradict each country. other. Is that also rare? You have two numbers that contradict each other. You're aware of this, no, they right? No, don't. 90,000 would be one in five women. 90,000 would be one in five women. To a lifetime definition. Michael. I'm sorry, I interrupted you. 90,000 would be one in five women, Michael? No, of course not. In so you have two sources that contradict each other. In 2015, the CDC says one in five over the course of their life. 90,000 would not even be close to one in five. Of course, you and I agree. 90,000 reported to law enforcement in 2015. I've said it five times. The mm -hmm. CDC statistic refers to a lifetime over the course of their lifetime one in five. Yeah. Uh, first off, the CDC is false. And again, if we get into those statistics, considering that over 80 percent of rapes are not committed by serial rapists, but by people Nobody who they said know. They were. No, but I'm saying it wouldn't bear out in those statistics as far as a lifetime statistics. If you were to, to extrapolate the number of 90,000 regarding even their current standards of rape, which is sex with anyone they, dis they, they regret, Michael. And again, That's those statistics how, yeah, are constantly rebutted with, from the CDC. The Bureau of Justice specifically said we and need to look at these the and frame them rape. in. Yes, Can it does. Can you show me the CDC definition where it says they regret having sex as, an, as a definition of rape? Read to me the CDC definition that you read earlier. So that way I'm not misquoting it. You read it Say earlier, it Michael. Read to me the CDC definition you just read earlier because I don't want you to say that I'm misquoting it. So please. I'm having sexual violence. This is quoting from the CDC. I faxed at a glance from 2012. CDC.gov violence prevention pdf sv data sheet a pdf yep. in a nationally represented survey of adults and we can look at the survey sure nearly one in five 18.3 percent of women and one in 71 men reported experiencing rape at some time in their lives reported experiencing yep. rape how was yes. rape defined is the point reported experiencing rape self-reporting experiencing rape if we go so by crimes and sexual violence survey in 2010 yeah the national center for injury prevention and control centers for disease control and prevention 2011 that's the reference that's where it's coming from yes define define experiencing rape i can't that's steven it's the cdc well, so well, we'd have to go back to the original survey Yes. National Intimate Partner and, and, and Sexual again, Violence Survey, you understand, which I don't have at my fingertips. Uh, okay, okay, and that's fair. Listen, I'm not trying. I'm not trying to trick you or make you get some sources that you don't have. Okay, I will. You work with your statistics, the CDC. 
if you if you take that and put it next to the criminal statistics, even if you add it up over the lifetime, it, it just it's not even close. It couldn't possibly add up to one in five. Now, except that this is ninety. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. Do you understand? Look, can I finish? Reported to law enforcement in two thousand and fifteen. We both know, Stephen, that very few or a minority of rapes are reported. <sighs> okay, so yes here's no? the, this. This requires a lot of assumptions on your part. Right. No, it doesn't. Yes, this it does. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. It requires a lot of assumptions. And I'm going to explain why and act as though you'll allow me to finish a sentence. And it requires a lot of assumptions because you're taking a criminal statistic, which in no way could at any point, if you were to take an average lifetime, add up to one in five people are raped. And then you are comparing that with experiencing rape, which is not clearly defined. Now, me, along with most Americans who are not rape sympathizers whatsoever, would read the story from Lena Dunham that she wrote in her own book and certainly not want to throw that in the lot with actual rape. That's my point. And she didn't. She did. She made it very clear that she had a lot of ambiguity and problems with the term at first, came to accept it eventually, and also, as I quoted to you before, took a lot of the blame herself. And in, and in writing about it, I think what she was saying was she was trying to encourage other people to experience it uh, in their own way and come to come to grips with it and come forward in their own way and be okay with it sure. to understand what happened and to understand that there's a problem in the culture that's yeah. the, that's where we get to the loose term rape culture which i agree with you incidentally is a problematic term yeah i wouldn't use the word problematic i would say inaccurate well, clearly an, you would say that it's an inaccurate term there is no rape culture in the united states we put rapists away when uh, they're proven guilty we have a problem with rape. The overwhelming majority of Americans are against rape. The overwhelming majority of men do not commit rape. One of in course. five women are not raped. That is incorrect. That's just factually incorrect. And you haven't in any way. <laughs> zero point zero three, according to the Bureau of Justice Statistics, zero point zero three and five. It's six point one per one thousand students. I have the number right here. Students now. You're not saying over the course of a life. We're talking about rape culture again. This is where we're going back to. Minute. That was the video. The video. The video. Over the course of a lifetime, which is what the CDC says. Yeah, the video that we were talking about was no, rape Stephen, culture. You just quoted the yeah, Bureau yeah, yeah, of yeah. Justice to disprove yes. the CDC. Does it say over yes. the course of a lifetime, or does it say during the four years of college? Here's the important point. If no, it's, it's clearly defined. You're it is saying that the CDC yes, is wrong yes, both, both, Michael, justice, both. Right now, I am looking. Right now, I'm looking at a college, Michael, CDC. both, Michael, statistic both, Michael, 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 both. Now, the reason that right now we are talking about college is because rape culture, as the term, which is the reason for the video, you chose to address the video, Michael. You don't yes. get to say, you don't get to say, hey, this video is wrong. Where Stephen is talking about racism, holy shit. And I say, well, let's talk about racism. You say, let's talk about abortion. We were talking about. Rape We're culture in the video. Rape. We've been talking, We've been about, talking rape about rape culture in the video other than rape. as it relates to on campus. By the way, Lena no, Dunham, of on campus. The that CDC is what the I video is, is about, Michael. Over the course of a lifetime, Bureau of Justice that you just quoted does not refer to in a lifetime. So if one no. in five women are raped in the course of a lifetime, according they to are CDC, not. which you are unable to disprove, Stephen, then clearly I am, and I have disproven it many times uh, writing about it, as has Courtney. 
and Casey, head writers at louderwithcrowder.com. Let me get to my point. Let me finish, Michael. I know I know. in your entertainment industry, you get to interrupt and run roughshod over people, and people think that somehow you're a skilled debater, but my God, man, you've got to stay on point here, okay? I'm trying to be civil. I'm trying Steve, to be respectful. Stop interrupting. You're conflating different studies. No, there is. You have not Tell me where Michael, the Bureau of Justice study says that one in five women are So people, you see, this is the problem with, with, with the arguing with the leftists, as you can see here in this conversation. One person continually interrupts, does not allow someone else to speak, is clearly emotionally well. perturbed. No, I haven't been interrupting. I have gotten maybe two phrases in before you go into a paragraph, Michael. Michael, the I'm video was about rape culture. You decided to take a video from years ago, address there was a problem with it. Okay. What difference does it make when so, it was from unless you disown because, it? No, no, because I don't disown it at all. Okay, so what difference does it make when it was from? Well, here's from? why, here's why, because the video was talking about rape culture. Right. And Elena Dunham, and as it relates to rape culture on campus. Okay, that's no, what the video was about. Rape culture in general. No, and it's talking about rape culture and on campus. And, and Lena Dunham you, also said she was raped. About you can lie about too. that, and I'll call you out right now with a lie about that. Lena Dunham said she was raped. Yes. Lena Dunham said she was raped when she was selling books. Afterward, when it was proven false, she said, well, maybe not. I found a condom in a potted plant. That's kind of rape. Let's be real here. That's not at all the what one, she said. The one outright dishonesty here is you saying Lena Dunham didn't say that. She claimed she was raped. Yes. This video was talking about that incident while it was topical and addressing rape culture at large and the feigned outrage from the left who don't seem to care so much about real rape cultures as they exist across the globe where it doesn't exist in the United States. In Islamic countries, as we addressed in the video, rape is ordained. It's allowed. As a matter of fact, rape still occurs in the United States between Muslim couples because of Sharia courts and imam rules over those. That's why a lot of marriages aren't recognized by the United States government because all that's required is a man to go to the imam and say divorce, divorce, divorce in the United States and it's no longer recognized marriage. If we want to talk about rape culture, if we want to talk about a rape culture, let's talk about a rape culture. We're not talking about Islamophobia. We're talking about rape, Stay on topic. We're not talking about Islamophobia. So there's no rape culture in Islam. There's rape culture. We're supposed to be about at Mattress so Girl, if you're UVA. There's rape culture in Islam and Islam in general. We would expect to see rape in Islamic cultures as being very high, right? Yes. Okay. But it's so not, I, I can't go report it because women have women unless they have four witnesses cannot come forward, Michael. Rape in which it in which it lists the top countries or the countries according to incidents of rape. Yeah. You but, have but, to go down. But Michael, to do you believe that these rapes are reported in Islam? They need four witnesses. Huh? Do you believe these women are coming no, forward with is, four witnesses? This is a, this Do you believe is, these women uh, are coming forward with four witnesses, Michael? You have to go down to what? Is Kazakhstan predominantly Muslim? Sri Lanka, Michael, Brunei, do you understand what's required in Islam now. to report a rape? None, none of these. You're making my point. Uh, it's a rape culture because it's a, it's a crime that you cannot prove in Islamic culture as a woman. It's impossible to prove unless you get gang raped and everyone has an about face. They have an epiphany and say, you know what? I was wrong in raping and running a train on that woman. You need four witnesses, Michael. You cannot prove it. That's a real rape culture where a woman cannot possibly prove rape. Stephen, how did we get from Lena Dunham to uh, Islam? Can I answer? And rape, if you want to talk rape about culture. Uh, Islam, you would expect rape that culture. in a Muslim, a Muslim city in America that rape would be a real problem. Yeah. No. Why Let me address you? that. You said, how do we get here? Rape culture which is exactly how this conversation started. You were offended by a video regarding rape culture. So I've answered that question. Now with Islam, the requirements... I don't want to talk about Islam because I... You just I'm asked me a question about Islam. I, don't, I, don't, I would I expect it to be higher. to know enough about Islam. But you just asked me a question. So let me answer it. So let me answer it and then we can move forward from that. You asked me a question. No, I wouldn't expect them to be higher because it's a system of laws that will not recognize rape. It is a rape culture because a woman can't come forward if she's raped. 
That's okay, my but point. I'm saying, I'm saying, and and I'm forgive me because I don't know. Yeah. In this country, where there's a large Muslim population, would you expect to see rape incidents being higher? No, uh, no, no, absolutely not. No, no, absolutely not, because they can go areas. unreported, and the woman can be punished if she comes forward with rape. Doesn't have the, the amount United of witnesses. States? Yes. Okay. Yes. Are you are you aware Where's of evidence of that? Yeah. Okay. Well, let me explain to you. Are you aware of how uh, of how Muslim um, congregations work? No. Okay. So not every imam can be a Sharia court judge, but every single uh, Muslim congregation has to have a head imam who can operate Sharia law. In other words, who can fundamentally recognize marriages, divorce. They have their own system of laws, much like uh, much like Jewish laws, uh, except very different, obviously, because they, they encourage rape culture. Now. With women who are raped in Islam, they require multiple witnesses but to come forward American and say they have raped, personally are witnessed are, the cannot rape. Go for, cannot come forward no, because, they of can't. Their, because of their religion? That's what I'm asking. Yeah, they I'm can't. asking about American Muslim women. They cannot. You're saying American Muslim women cannot come forward to uh, complain of rape? Very insightful. Exactly. We're talking about a real rape culture. They are intimidated into silence. And they don't come and forward. Where's your evidence of this, that American Muslim women are not coming forward for rape if they're raped? Well, for, first off, it would, it would in, be, in any greater numbers yeah, than the rest it, of America. It would be the, it would be the because today there's a story. 81 people have accused former USA gymnastics coach of sexual abuse. Now, I don't think any of them were Muslim. I'm sure they weren't. So you're saying in the culture of Islam, they can't come forward. But in the larger culture, it's not a problem. I'm saying there were 81 people who are victims of this dude, the USA gymnastics coach, but that's not a problem in this culture? I'm not aware of anyone here saying it's not a problem if any women are raped. No, no, rape culture. We're saying the culture yeah. of rape, the culture that excuses and let sexual abuse go. Thank you so much for uh, thank you so much for bringing that up. Yeah, exactly, we agree. It is not a rape culture. This is not a culture that allows sexual abuse to go. There are laws uh, against it. Right. 81 and people have come forward. former USA gymnastics coach of sexual abuse. Now, clearly, if sexual abuse was not tolerated in this nation mm -hmm. after one person mm -hmm. abused, uh, was abused by this man, it would have stopped. But it didn't. No, 81 for, people for, had No, that's, that's not. This is a total and complete non sequitur, Michael. How is it? When they are completely about unrelated. You're talking about a story today. Wait, wait, wait. You said, how is this relevant? And I'm trying to answer you, but you're talking over me. you got to stay on track, buddy. 81 <laughs> people have accused former USA gymnastics coach of sexual abuse. I just asked you if uh, it's a problem in American Muslim culture that they can't come forward. You said yes. And then conversely, you're saying American women don't have this problem. I'm saying no, in today's paper, no, 81 people, American people, never said have that. accused former USA gymnastics coach of sexual abuse. It seems like that's an apples to apples comparison. You're Don Quixote fighting windmills, man. I didn't say any of those things. Okay, so clarify for me. Okay. I was talking about a real rape culture. One that yes, exists. You keep saying real rape culture. And yes. It, and it, it doesn't make any more sense when you say it the fifth time or the first time. Okay. When we're talking I'm about sorry, American I'm sorry, culture. I'm sorry you feel that way. When we're talking about American culture, including Islam, and I'm saying there's a problem in the culture and you're denying it. And then as evidence, I'm saying 81 people have accused former USA gymnastics coach of sexual abuse. It seems to me you're denying the experience of those 81 people because you're saying there is no culture. It's not a problem. Multitude of falsehoods there. I don't know if you're doing it deliberately at this point. I don't know if it's a flail or if you believe that I said rape, not a problem. 
No, I am saying rape culture. Yeah. The culture. Right. That exactly. So it's good. Let's happen. let's talk about I that. Not, I never sus- said, Stephen, that you approve of. You rape, said never- you just said that these women coming forward, that it's that this happened, that you're saying it's not a problem. That's what you just said. No, I'm saying that you use you're that specific story. Because there's no rape culture. If there okay. were no rape culture, All right. let me let me answer now. Happened. Okay, let me answer now, and then we can go back to you. you I've given you several yes. paragraphs, and you've given me one phrase. Okay, I was talking about real rape cultures that exist in law. My source: Quran, Hadith. Every virtually every Islamic country in existence, uh, and every Islamic population, going back to the Ottoman Empire, as far as rape laws and how they exist. This is real rape culture where women are treated as second-class citizens and are unable to verifiably prove the crime of rape. And if they come forward accusing rape and cannot prove it in a system of law that makes it impossible, the woman is punished. My point is that to me would be a real rape culture versus the United States, where we have laws in place and virtually all Americans, barring a very small percentage who commit rape find rape here completely abhorrent myself included even though you're appalled by this video that's my point yeah you and i agree you you and i will always agree that rape is abhorrent that one rape is too many where we're disagreeing it seems like is in the broader uh uh problem in the in the culture in american culture now we both agree that rape is a problem so the question is is there a larger problem in the culture Mm-hmm. that allows sexual abuse, intimidation, harassment, assault to occur. I'm saying there is. You're yeah. saying there isn't. I, As evidence, I'm using the CDC, which you have not disproven, and I'm citing, just looking at today's headline, 81 people have accused former USA Gymnastics coach of mm-hmm. sexual abuse. Mm-hmm. Now, that person would not have been allowed to get away with that for so long over so many people if there wasn't a larger problem in the culture. Yeah. Um, okay, first off, that last story is what we call anecdotal. As far as the CDC, it has been disproven many times. And, I, and again, I re-referred... It hasn't, and you haven't done it. Okay, l- again, your own source is the FBI. We're talking about rape reported. I think it's important to go by a definition of actual rape reported, of actual crimes of rape versus something that you admitted you cannot define from the CDC. People reporting experiencing rape, especially in light of state statutes, as I pointed out in California. And they're even worse on campus. The laws are even, the reason campus matters is because the laws are even more lenient, the rules are even more lenient, where anyone can accuse a man of rape and he can be expelled, as we saw with the UVA scandal, as we saw with Mattress Girl at Columbia, virtually every high-profile rape case that has been in the media in the last half a decade has been proven false and has destroyed the lives of men who did not commit rape. So my point so is the there Jerry are real victims Dusky, here. And the Jerry Sandusky allegations were false, the Bill Cosby allegations are false, this U.S. gymnastics no, no, I'm talking. I don't know. I don't know about the U.S. gymnastics coach. I'll give you that. If this is in a headline today, I don't know about that. And that could be a problem. But again, Mattress Girl, UVA, Rolling Stone, these were high, high profile cases. And we're talking about actual uh, campus rape. You have absolutely quoted to what about Sandusky's victims? What about Cosby's victims? Also high profile. What about Rogers Ailes victims? Also high profile. Rogers Ailes didn't rape anybody, but he's a scumbag. But he didn't rape anybody. What? Rogers Ailes didn't rape anybody. He's a dirtbag, but he didn't rape anybody. Right, but he did have to settle out of court. Out of yeah, court but motor bill. Can we agree motorboating Megyn whatever, Kelly in the green whatever. room is not yeah, rape? Can we agree that? Here's the, here's the uh, <laughs> revised FBI definition of rape: penetration, no matter how slight, of the vagina or anus with any part, body part or object, or oral penetration by a sex organ of another person without the consent of the victim. So that is what I'm using for the FBI. For the FBI. Perfect. Perfect. So again, that's the statistic I want to work with. According to your statistic, there is 90 something thousand, right, per year in 2015. Um, Doing the math for that, because you wanted to say over a lifetime, we agree, over a lifetime, 
that would require 1,600 years, 15 to 1,600 years or so for it to be one in five women raped in a lifetime. So the FBI statistics would reflect actually much more severely what I'm talking about from the Bureau of Justice. I want to go by that definition. I agree on that definition of rape. I do not agree on the CDC definition where anyone experiences, claims that they experience rape. I think the FBI is more accurate because we just defined it. Can we agree? But uh, you haven't given me a different definition from the CDC. No, you, I just use your own FBI statistic, which, more, which is right, more valid because it's defined. Stephen, you're saying you agree with that definition, but you don't agree with the CDC definition, but you haven't provided me there with the no CDC definition. There is no definition. The burden's on you to provide the definition if you're saying there's a rape culture. There is okay, no definition to, from the CDC. It's regretful sex. wait for me to look up this entire survey, the National Intimate Partner. Michael. That, I mean, do you Michael, want me to do that or not? I, Michael, here's my point. The, the, the FBI statistics and the Bureau of Justice statistics, these are official statistics of wh where you can verify CDC rape. CDC is also official. It's a government entity. It's not, it's not official if it's a poll. It it's is effect, official. No, Steve, if it's a how poll. How can you say the CDC isn't official? Okay. What's more accurate, a poll or the votes in an election? What? The point is you're quoting a poll. I am quoting actual no, incidents of rape. No, I'm quoting a survey. A survey is a poll. I, no, it's not a poll, Stephen. A poll is <laughs> yes, when people is. voluntarily yes, offer information. You want uh, to grab a thesaurus? Well, I guess you're right. That is a survey. Yes, I agree with a you. A survey is a poll. So my point is, if we are going to go out and throw out the allegation, which, by the way, can destroy lives of young men, rapists Absolutely. should be buried beneath the train, train tracks. If we're going to throw out that allegation, we need a whole lot more than a poll. And every single verifiable statistic, including the ones that you've thrown out today from the FBI, prove the idea of one in five completely, totally false. No, that's just not true. Now, if we look so show at, me the FBI statistics, show me the at, statistics of incidents of rape. Reported, the word reported to law enforcement. I've seen uh, various studies that say only 30 to 40 percent are reported. You obviously disagree with that. Even if that were the case, we're eliminating it down to 900 years for it to be one in five. I mean, um, it just doesn't okay, add so up. Let's, so let's, it just okay, doesn't so add up. And here's the thing, everyone, you're, you're going anecdotal. So, no, so no, let Steven, me finish here. You're example, going you're anecdotal right. and everyone watching this knows that not one in five women they know are raped. And you know how I know? My wife right now as we speak, right now as we tape this interview, is at a crisis pregnancy center where she volunteers. She knows these statistics through and through and she has to report it when rape occurs. This is what she does. This is what the FBI does. And the statistics that you have given us today when we have defined actual rape on which we agree the FBI or Bureau of Justice, the CDC is a poll. Nowhere can you prove that there is a one in five chance of rape, one in five incidents of rape. Thus, there is no systematic rape culture. Okay, so let's say you're correct. I'll okay. grant you that you are absolutely 100% correct. Thank what you. is the correct number of women who are raped over the course of a lifetime? Yeah, uh, it's about 0 0.03 and 5, 6.1 per thousand. So 6.1 per thousand over the course of a lifetime. What are you basing that on? I'm basing it on the statistics that you've given me from the FBI and the Bureau of Justice statistics that specifically rate, uh, uh, relate to campus. So right, you so ask me to do math, which is going to be difficult for me. 90,000 rates that, in we're one very, year we have a common law enforcement in 2015. If we agree that, what, half of rapes are reported, 40% of rapes are reported, what do you think it is? Let's, let's say that. I don't agree, but let's say that for the sake of argument because I want you to do this math live on air. I don't think it's going to turn out too well for you. I know, well, you, you, may, you might be right. So let's say it is 40% uh, uh, or 30% is the number that I most commonly see that are reported, which means 70% are not reported. So we'd have to triple that number to about 250 to 300,000 rapes per year. Now, in any society that I can think of, that seems like a lot of rapes per year. 
Yes, but it's not okay. one in five. So it's, well, it's 300,000 per year. Now, over the course of a lifetime from, let's say, age 12 to age, what, 70, which is... Uh, <laughs> But first off, you, you have your cutoffs are ageist, as though no one wants to rape anybody over 70 years old. I think that's wildly insensitive. 15% of people are and raped I also <laughs> 8 is 12 and 17. 54 between 18 and 34. 28% between 35 and 64. 3% age 65 plus. Michael, that's where I'm getting. Now you said I'm we were getting, getting off. Numbers in, aren't no, Michael, you said we were getting off in the weeds earlier. Would it stand to reason that we're more off in the weeds now that because of the statistics you presented, you're doing math based on assumptions that you can't verify no. and we're making we're estimates? You and I have just agreed that 300,000 is probably a reasonable number of rapes that agree, uh, occur to women no, per year. No, we didn't. Year. No, we didn't. And I said, I'll give it to you for this case, to, for you to be able to do your math, is what I said. I said, okay, I didn't, so I didn't I say I did agree. my math. Yeah, so it's not one in five. So much lower. It's, yes. It's okay, still so much lower than one in five. It's still much lower than one in five. If it's not okay, 90,000 reported rapes per year, which you already agreed was a good statistic, and we both I agree- didn't that the number of I rapes are not reported, 100% of rapes aren't reported, what is the correct number of rapes wait, per wait, year? Wait, hold on you a second. You just, did you just say 100% of rapes aren't reported? That's what you just said. Oh, then I misspoke. Okay. And what I'm saying is 100% okay. of rapes are not reported, meaning 100% of rapes, you know what I'm saying. I think I, you know what I'm saying. I don't, and I'm not trying all to be a dick. All aren't reported is what I'm saying. Yes, okay, all rapes, what, well, you're probably saying 100% of rapes are not necessarily reported. Uh, no, we know that 100% right. That's of what rapes are not reported. Uh, every person that is raped does not report the rape. We know that. Right. I'm, I'm giving I'm giving you a lifeline there. I'm saying what you're saying is not necessarily all rapes are reported. You used the word 100%. No, I'm, it was and I'm and I'm and I'm saying no. Yeah. We know for a fact that all rapes aren't reported. Okay. Um, can I try and do some math here? Am I allowed to do that since you were doing some math there? So let's take those. Okay. All right. So uh, the number you said 90,000. Let's go with your number. About was it about 300,000 over the course of a lifetime. No, 300,000 per, per year, per year, per year, and then multiplied over a lifetime up to about 70 years old from 12 to 70 because no one wants to rape uh, 70 year olds or. Well, apparently 3% of rapists do. Well, I think we can agree that they have a special kind of sickness, Michael. Are you sure you want to be a nightclub comic? So uh, with the math, 600 years. To I, get to I one explain five. that to me because 300,000 168, which was the, which is the rough range of years that I'm giving you. Okay. I'm just going to do the math right now. 300,000 times 58 is 17 million. Please don't ever run for president. They're so going to trot yes, this video you out. You are right. I okay. agree with that number. Okay. So let, let, now let's get back. Can we, we agree that, that we got off in the weeds I would I would say that I was correct regarding the statistics. Let's say we're not. But can we agree that there is certainly the burden of proof on someone who is claiming a rape culture to prove such a shocking statistic? And it can't be beyond a poll, which doesn't define rape. And so that's the a problem. The poll does define rape. You and I don't have the definition in front of us. Clearly, it must or else it couldn't it wouldn't be a, a, a survey. But, well, again, if it, if it falls under that, uh, the definition is the California statute of affirmative consent, that is any regretful sex. But we don't know what it falls under. There's no reason to think it would fall under the California since it's a national survey. It's a national survey, but of course, it would have to allow for that umbrella, considering that certain states would consider that rape. We don't know. You and I don't know. It's a poll, Michael. Let's say that. It's a poll, which is very much, these are not relied upon 
as evidence as the same as reports and incidents from a, a federal bureau of investigate from the FBI or from the Bureau of Justice. So it's not as reliable to get their statistics. So to say that there is a rape state, culture, again, the issue at large so is the survey from the FBI is also a poll. According to your definition, no, they it's not. get their numbers from the different states which report. No, it's not, Michael. It's yes, not. it is. That's how they get it. They get it from incidents of rape that actually are reported criminally. Yeah, from each state. Yes, would we not agree that that is prop? Even if you say only 40% of rapes, as we gave you, even if you say only 40% of rapes, but I don't agree to, but I'm giving to you for the sake of argument. I'm saying that's a very high estimate of the number that okay. are reported. Well, not if you consider people like Lena Dunham who come out and claim rape and then we find out that it's verifiably false. But let's assume 40 percent of rapes are reported. You haven't you haven't presented any evidence that's verifiably false. Uh, what you're doing is you're denying her experience. First off, that, I believe, was, I believe was, in a system of my, law. That was my original intention in writing holy shit the video because what you're doing is you're denying something that she experienced and you have no idea. Well, the burden of proof is on her when she's making a, an allegation of crime. She did not. She made an allegation of a she personal said she was experience. Raped. She didn't make an allegation of crime, as you, as I Holy said. Holy crap, not, Michael! As, if you say I was, I was raped, her. is that not a crime? Of course it is. Then she accused she someone also, of a crime. She, also said she, that she accused did not someone who she used the name charge. Barry about National Treasury of, uh, sorry, Treasury of the College Republicans, where she was. We were easily able to find a time frame. That person was easily able to be found, and we were e easily able to trace it back and see if that incident had occurred. And she afterward walked it back. But it is a crime to say she I was raped is to back. accuse someone of a crime, it, she said Michael. It she said the person who people found wasn't the person that she said. I'll quote, I'll quote to you, I'll quote you, her to you. If you Michael, you said she didn't accuse anyone of a crime, saying I was raped. Did someone commit a crime? Uh, she did not specifically name the person. Michael. She used a pseudonym. Okay. She used a pseudonym. Is that an accusation getting, no, of a crime being committed, Michael? For someone who we're wants getting, to use a poll as data, is someone saying I'm raped? It's a very simple question. If I say I'm raped, was a crime committed? Am I making a claim of a crime? Yes, you are. Okay. But, it, but there's Good. a difference between Good. making because a claim that's of a important crime. Because there's I'm a difference saying... between making a claim of a crime and accusing somebody of a crime. Okay, let's go with that. Let's say it's a claim of a crime because that would still be filed under that poll. I am saying, and this is important because I think you're a little, you might have a blind spot here, just as far as being a little bit out of touch with what people see as rape. People would even read Lena Dunham's own story. Most people did when she accused she made the claim, let's say. She made the claim of a crime being committed. People have read her own story and said that shouldn't be lumped in the same category with the actual rapes that are reported that you cited. Now, we're then taking claims like Lena Dunham's very loose claims, regretful sex, sex under an, uh, uh, the influence of alcohol, putting that under the umbrella of rape to create a false one in five statistic to go out and claim a rape culture is my point. You're conflating her experience with the CDC statistic, and you and I don't so know. So we believe that she would that not CDC be included in the CDC statistic of rape. When she said she was raped, applies. she claimed she was raped flat out, and we're saying that the CDC would not include her when they include people who claim experiencing rape? I suppose they would. Yes, they would. And my point is that would, of course, inflate a statistic that would be completely and totally uh, irreconcilable with the actual statistics that we have from the FBI and the Bureau of Justice. So let's say that the actual claim uh, is what? The, the actual number of women who are raped. And we're only talking about rape now. We're not talking about sexual intimidation. We're not talking about sexual harassment. We're not talking about stalking. We're not talking about grabbing by the pussy or by whatever it is. We're only talking about rape. Yeah. That that number yes. is what? One in 20? 
No, I gave you the number. It's about 6.1 in 1,000. But you haven't given me any basis for that number other than the Bureau of Justice. Okay, we're going to keep arguing this until we're, we're blue in the face. I, I use your statistics and the Bureau bullshit, of And you know it's bullshit. <laughs> right, let's go with the poll that includes Lena Dunham because she found a condom in a plant. Michael, the, the CDC point is that... is a government Michael, agency. Michael, the point is you keep changing, you keep moving the goalposts. The Bureau of Justice, the Michael. study that you said has only to do with college. No, no, Michael. I'm also using the FBI statistics. So the okay, reason, so the reason I'm giving you 300,000 per year on uh, total. Okay, Michael, I need you to understand that I'm giving you a gift here. Okay. And let me explain how the I'm FBI happy to receive any gifts you give me. Thank you very much. And I appreciate you coming on the show. And I genuinely am a fan of a lot of the work that you've done. So I wish this could have been more amicable. I am using your statistics, the FBI statistics, which are very unforgiving to your stance. Okay. In using the Bureau of Justice statistics, which would actually be more lenient on definitions of rape because it would go by college reportings of rape, not even FBI, not even federal reportings or criminal reportings of rape, but girls on college campus who report rape. That would be to a, who it, it could be to a governing student body. Not just a, not just a, a branch of the United States government or state government. Again, that statistic would be more generous to your argument than the FBI statistic. And it still is nowhere close to one in five. We have no statistical evidence whatsoever outside of one poll from the CDC, which isn't defined, which includes definitions of rape, which most Americans agree aren't rape, to prove that we have a rape culture. And so my point is, when I go out and I make a video setting these exact statistics about rape culture... And you respond, holy sh! it's appalling. The burden on you is to prove it. I don't believe you've done that effectively today. I understand. I'm saying that the sketch that you created in the video is appalling mm -hmm. uh, and not funny. And oh, there we go. The, fa the famous leftist attack. Not experience. funny. That's not an argument. No, no, it's just my opinion. I yeah. agree. It's just my opinion. Sure. Uh, and, it and, and the, the opinion experience. of your audience is going to be that you're becoming decreasingly funny as you become a social justice warrior for causes that you can't prove. Yeah. Look at your Michael, Michael, Michael you're, you're, every, you've been so smug day. tonight and you've been so smug and condescending in your uh, wrongness. It's remarkable. Uh, if you want to talk about smug and condescending, which I don't, when you continually say you got to stay on track, buddy, that's smug and condescending. No, smug and condescending is to say you have no proof and then cite completely irrelevant statistics. I, I, it, I, I, I will leave it to people to go through all the statistics yes. that I cited uh, to determine whether or not they're relevant. Mm -hmm. My only point and remains my only point is that the video you made. Right. Uh, and the sketch specifically within the video is offensive. Not repeat, is not funny is appalling sure and and demeans and diminishes somebody's experience and by doing that and i don't look i don't and, know and your dunham. rape jokes don't. I, don't I don't i don't know lena dunham i don't have a particularly strong opinion about lena dunham and your rape but what jokes i do don't. have a strong opinion about is people in my life who have undergone uh uh difficult questionable sexual experiences in which they felt like they were victimized, shamed, harassed, or intimidated. And by sure. doing a video where you're creating a cartoon of somebody, what you're doing is, in my opinion... Comedy. You're, uh, well, okay, in your opinion, it's comedy. Yeah. In my opinion, what you're doing is uh, punching down in the most obvious and, and 
juvenile way. Right. Because a kid with a YouTube channel and a wildly unpopular opinion that's never accepted in the entertainment industry, making fun of someone who has a deal with the biggest network in all of television, Lena Dunham with HBO, that's punching down. I would say, uh, I'm sorry you don't find it funny. Punching down is when when I would say, I'm sorry, let me respond. I would say, I'm sorry you don't find it funny. And demeaning them. That is punching down. Right. Kind of like when you tweeted, what kind of rape? Straight up rape or funny rape? Because you might think a funny rape was funny. So you've made plenty of rape jokes. You just don't what like it. What is that in reference to? This was in reference to Kumail Kamanji regarding the Daniel Tosh saga about the rape joke. The point right. is, so this is far I, less sensitive. what I was doing was making fun of the idea that rape could be funny. No. Yeah. No, you weren't. As a matter of fact, do, 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 do you need me to provide more context? Yeah, the exchange is, do any of you believe Tosh would think it would be funny if a rape happened in front of him? No, none of you do. It's called sarcasm. You responded, what kind of rape? Straight up rape or funny rape? Because he might think right. a funny rape was funny. Right there. Uh-huh. Clearly, I'm not saying rape is funny. I'm saying the opposite. Sarcasm is a tool used in the uh, in the absence of wit. So we're saying that um, my issue, of course, I'm not funny, but your opposite day no, no, humor no, is funny. funny. I'm saying that sketch wasn't funny. right. And I'm saying opposite day sarcasm is very lazy. Wait, I'm, uh, can you see me? Because it's getting dark in my room. I, I, am I you, too dark or am no, I right? You look marvelous. Okay. What I am saying is, what kind of rape, straight up rape or funny rape? No, as a matter of fact, I don't believe that anyone would read that and say that you are condemning Daniel Tosh for the idea that rape would be funny. So I think that's lazy comedy. But here's the thing. I don't find it offensive, and I find you funny regardless. Okay. My point is, you have made far more rape jokes with far less context without actually making rape jokes to make a point actually pointing towards statistics as I did in that video where I was pointing out not only the problem with rape culture at large in Islam, this is the video, but the verifiably false statistic of one in five. And I used that and I used a topical issue with Lena Dunham's claim of a crime at that point to make my point. You have made rape jokes willy-nilly with no context whatsoever, which would be far less sensitive. But here's the thing. We're in the modern state of comedy, and this is a sad state of comedy where comedians have to sit here and talk about what's demeaning, what's appalling, and is no longer acceptable. I find it remarkable. And I didn't say it wasn't acceptable. I said it was not funny and appalling. It's acceptable, certainly. Your audience enjoys it. You demanded that I recant it. I asked if you recanted it because you brought it up uh, as a video that was a couple years old. And there, which there's no more appropriate me, role of a comedian than demanding someone recant. suggested to me that you had an issue with it. Yeah, Michael, Michael, um, comedy is going to die a slow death if there are more people with your mindset. Here's my issue here. I I'm think doing all right, buddy. And debatable. If you look at the social media interactions, you're having some problems because people are thinking you're going off the deep end, Michael. That's an issue Wait, right say now. That again. Say that again. I didn't understand that. Okay. You have several million followers and you have several million fans because you've had a leg up because you've been in a very friendly industry with big networks. You've been on these networks. I applaud you. So you have a huge, huge platform and you have remarkably low interactivity and you can see as it's steadily decreased along with your self-important accusations leveled at other comedians as to what they can and can't say or what is appalling and what is not appalling. Did, and I think uh, you're going to dig your I own grave. Did I say that you could or could not say anything? You said it was appalling and asked me to recant, which I don't no, think no, no, is I something never, a comedian should ever do. I did ask you to recant. I asked if you did. I'd never asked you to recant, and I never would. I, did I in any point say that you sh- are not allowed to say that or that you shouldn't say that? I don't think I did. Did no. I say you don't have the right to say it? I don't think I no, did. You said, you what said I said it. was, it's not funny and it's appalling and I stand by that. Yeah. It's not funny and it is appalling. Yeah, and that's, that's what you have to preface your argument with because you have no argument. 
No, Stephen, thank we you very much. An hour no, you, you, we had to spend an hour arguing, but you had no argument. So you have to preface it with it's not funny, well, it's appalling, I mean, I, and therefore here are my arguments, is, which aren't very Stephen, strong. All I can say is you didn't move the needle with me at all, and I clearly didn't move the needle with you at all. I don't know if we were just talking past each other or we were just arguing over statistics for an hour. But nothing that you said to me was compelling in the sense that the mm -hmm. video, the sketch portion of the video that I was commenting on in any way made a... Uh, helped in any way move the conversation forward about sure. either rape or, we both agree, the problematic term rape culture. Well, we don't agree on problematic. I think it's an inaccurate term. Um, I would say that this is a very strong lesson, as you'll see by the feedback after this debate. I hope you come back on the show. Uh, as to punching down, uh, which Wait, I think you that you I'm thought... punching down to you? Uh, yes. Yes. I'm coming on your show, yes. and I'm going to be dealing with your audience and, for the next week and, and a half yelling at me. Kicking and screaming, someone in the entertainment industry who is surrounded by people with screaming. the exact same opinion, you see, you, and, and you found an old video. The way I came on your show, you're mad at me for being thoughtful about the way that I came on your show, as opposed to just saying, thanks for coming on the show. Well, I did say thanks for coming on the show. And you also said I shirked you, you and did. was kicking and screaming. You did. I've gone out of my way for the last three weeks to try to get on the show and to try to make it it's work after I thought true. about it and consulted with the people that I consulted with. I don't know who these people are who you consulted with, but I'm I glad agree, that they— I I'm not going to name them because I think that would be irresponsible because I've already identified them as rape victims. Ah, okay, okay. So we're into the realm back of the anecdotal, where you've identified people as rape victims who you've consulted Steve, with, therefore the poll is accurate. you used your wife anecdotally. You yes. said my wife deals with this all day, every day. That's anecdotal. I, well, I use that you pointing used, to statistics and the, the statistics that they people use. people accused of former USA uh, as anecdotal. That so, was you. Yeah. I didn't even know about that story. It's a dead spin. But you just said I brought it up. You brought it up, Michael. Yeah, I brought it in, but you, you said, said it was I used it anecdotally. Why would I use it anecdotally? That was your story. No, Stephen, when I referred to it, you referred, you said that I was being anecdotal by referring to it. Uh, okay, uh, I, I would, I, I would, I would say go to the tail of the tape. You brought up that story and used it anecdotally. I did bring up the, I absolutely. Okay, up so the then story. I didn't bring it up anecdotally. Michael Ian Black, I really do appreciate you taking the time. Uh, listen, maybe, maybe I didn't move the needle with you. Maybe you didn't move the needle with me, but we'll see. Um, however, what people think about rape culture, if it's a problem, you can tweet me at S Crowder. You can tweet Michael well, at Michael we, Ian we Black. Cer we certainly know what your audience is going to think of it, and uh, I'm prepared for that abuse. Actually, I think my audience is remarkably respectful. I think you'll be surprised, but they'll disagree with you statistically. And I think they'll present those statistics and I would encourage them to do so. I would encourage them to respect the fact that Michael Ian Black did have the balls to come up on the program. Not many people do. We know this. It's a problem booking leftist guests. Leftists generally don't like to go on other programs. Most people don't. They don't like getting out of their echo chambers. They have immense respect for you doing so. Just as we're going to talk about Alan Combs, who was a friend of mine, I respect his willingness to stand in there and do it. And I am saying right now to my my audience, anyone watching, even if they disagree with you, please keep it respectful. Please keep it civil. And if you have evidence that you think uh, is required reading for Michael Ian Black, you can tweet him at Michael Ian Black. And really, I do hope that you come back on the program and hopefully next time it's less heated. I do appreciate you doing it, sir. Uh, uh, first of all, thank you, Stephen. Thank you for uh, having me. Thank you for uh, asking your uh, people to be respectful. Uh, and I, I, whether they are or not, I don't really care. Uh, and thank you for allowing me to uh, to speak in full paragraphs, even if I was running roughshod over you at times. I apologize for that. I do get passionate. 
No, and listen, I appreciate your passion, and I appreciate uh, I do appreciate you coming on the show, even if we disagree. And uh, at any point, if people uh, take out the torch and pitchforks for you, because they do it for all of us, every single comedian, I will still be there to defend you, regardless of how much I disagree with it. You have my word, sir. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me, and uh, I'll be happy to come back on when you want me. Thank you. At Michael Ian Black, uh, up next, gosh, this is going to be a long show. We will have Pogo, famous musician, and uh, that'll be a little more lighthearted. Thank you so much. We'll be right back. Looks like Timmy's in for a checkup because he's feeling sluggish. Oh, Timmy, just as the doctor suspected, you have IEDS, Informative Entertainment Deficiency Syndrome. The good news is there's a cure for that. LottoWithCrowder.com slash MugClub. For only $99 annually, $69 for students, active military, or veterans, you can cure yourself of the plague that is IEDS. LottoWithCrowder.com slash MugClub. Don't be a bitch. All right, all right, everybody sit down. Time to start the double-secret patriarchy meeting. On today's item list, how to preserve rape culture. Any suggestions? Yes, Phil Cool. Yeah, I was thinking, like, what if we just make sure that nobody goes to jail for rape? That's brilliant. The ladies will never see it coming. That's a surefire way to make sure we can still rape carefree anyone else. Yes, Perry. Well, I was thinking, rather than not sending anybody to actual prison for rape, how about we just declare rape to no longer be a crime? Truly, your brilliance is astounding. We know enough judges here at this double-secret patriarchy meeting who would be willing to oblige. Rape will be legal, that's for sure. Anyone else? Yes, how about you? Miss Jenner, we told you, you're not welcome here anymore. Yeah, I, I know. I, I just come here for the refreshments, mostly, and to... Get out of the house, but uh, I still do have my penis. You still have your penis, you say? Uh-huh, yeah, yeah, that's, uh, a lot of people don't know that, but I can go back anytime I want. Hmm, that's murky territory. We'll have to put that to a vote. In the meantime, what's your suggestion? Yeah, well, I was just saying, how about we let people like me go into the little girls' room? I think that'd be pretty good for rape culture. Astounding! Do we dare a Trojan... In a Trojan. I wear magnums, actually. The principle's the same. Well, there you have it. Rape will no longer be a crime, and men, with their penises intact, will be able to go into the ladies' room. Oh, this will be a bright day for all mankind and the preservation of the all-important Western rape culture. Meeting adjourned, and uh, keep your refreshments down to a one per attendee maximum. Caitlin, I'm looking at you. <laughs> See you next Tuesday. Oh, Right, so is that the clip just cut out? You just, it had, just you cut didn't out. even have it going anymore. Okay, uh, for those who want to know, what was that? Why were we playing it longer? Uh, people online are excited. For people who they're don't know, they're out of their mind excited. Before I introduce this next guest, let me tell you something. I hate him. 
But here's why. Because he makes me very sad. When I see the workload that he puts out and how much he is brimming with talent, when you actually go and check out his... It's one of those things where you watch and you, you just... You can't look yourself in the mirror. You just feel bad about yourself. You can't do it. It, it was like Dennis Miller with stand-up comedy in his prime. You know him as Pogo from the land down under Pogo. Thank you for being with us, sir. Oh, it's my pleasure, buddy. Thanks so much for having me on. How's it going? Oh, it's going really well, and I'm uh, I'm going to try not to fanboy. Um, <laughs> so likewise, man. Likewise, so you guys have bumped my beats for too long. I, know, well, I appreciate it. I appreciate you letting us do it and and not hitting us with a copyright strike. We wish we could say the same for Shia LaBeouf. Oh, I might be working on it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> All of a sudden, we'll be hit with three hard strikes, and where did yeah, that yeah, yeah. go? Yeah. Um, so, I mean, we have so much to get into. Let me ask you this first off. For people uh, who don't know, wonderful musician, DJ. Um, but for a while, I was like, hey, man, do you want to come on the show? You're like, ah, I don't really know if that's my thing. And and now I've seen you, you, you're sort of being more outspoken personally, and you're incredibly articulate, cerebral. W what was the reason for the change? Oh, I appreciate the compliments. Um, the change, I don't know. I just kind of realized that Pogo can be more than just uh, uh, an outlet for music. Like, I want to meet people through my work, and I, I have, and I want to meet more people. And um, you guys have inspired me. I mean, you know, when you go to my SoundCloud channel, it's just Pogo, it's just music. But when you go to sound, uh, Louder with Crowder, it's like, you know, it's what you see is what you get. It's, it's you, it's Jared. Right. And um, I really love that idea. Well, you know, it's it's fascinating because sometimes we we from the other side we're like, you know, pe people want us to talk about politics a lot or a mm. culture a lot. Mm. And sometimes we'll just do videos that are just pure comedy. You know, I started as a comedian, so on the flip side, people are like, hey, there's no point to this. Why are you uploading this? Like, well, I think you probably understand. As a creative mind, you you want to be able to do all of the above, but no one's being forced to consume it. Mm, that's right. Yeah, you've got to sort of meet expectation, I suppose. Yeah. I've done so many Disney remixes, and to be honest with you, I'm getting over it slightly. I did kind of put up the Robin Hood thing recently, so yeah. I've got to backtrack a bit there. But um, <laughs> you kind of want to break out of your box, you know, a little bit, and it sounds like you know how it feels. Yeah, but you, I mean, you've done the, that's how I found you, the Disney remixes, was actually Hook, a long time before we were even using your bumps. Um, and but you do a lot of other content, too. A lot of people don't maybe realize. I mean, you have how, how many albums do you have out there? I've got at least... I want to say four just on Spotify that I have as download offline. Yeah, and there's Bandcamp stuff as well. Mostly I think there's about four or five. That's right, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. There's, I've done a Scarface mix not too long ago. There was Terminator up there. So there's a bit of a mixture for everybody. So we move, is the progression you move from G Films, Disney, to Terminator and Scarface? <laughs> yeah, and porn's, uh, porn's coming up next. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what's going to happen. People are just going to be a bunch of 14-year-olds. Oh, you need to tune into Pogo. They say naughty things in that remix. <laughs> forget Fox News. we got something better. Well, yeah, forget the leg camera yeah. on Fox News. It's like the cable channel with the squiggly lines that you couldn't quite get, only it's audio. <laughs> um, this is so, for those people who don't know, this is the first time we've ever spoken. I told Jared, I was like, I, I want to talk to him on air because... I want people to see what a real reaction is like from from two people meeting. Um, so you're you're in Australia and uh, you've taken a pretty active, I guess, sort of stance on maybe it's Australia as well, but the American cultural political sort of landscape. Maybe not actively like endorsing anyone, but I mean, yeah. um, you know, you've gotten flack for simply even retweeting people. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, you caught me. I'll, I'll confess. Um, I, I did tweet something to the effect that I like Trump. I like the way that he's not afraid to speak his mind. He'd rather discuss issues instead of dance on eggshells around feelings. Um, he's got his extreme side, I suppose, but I think he's a necessary change in the winds. I think he's an F5 twister that just needs to go straight down that street. But... Um, <laughs> 
I don't know. Just I barrel roll <laughs> past Congress. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, well, that's the problem. Yeah, I don't know. I, I won't pretend to be an expert on the issues, but yeah, I, yeah, it's difficult, man. It's like, is Pogo a, a um, is it a mus- is he a musician or is it a political mouthpiece? Right. You know, it's hard striking that balance when you've got so many people listening to you. I don't think of you at all as a political mouthpiece. I think of you as someone who who has a an introspective look on society as a whole. Um, and I think that's a lot of the people sort of online on YouTube who have maybe sort of political opinions. Or I really think of it more so cultural. Culturally, I will tell you, I've, I've met a lot of Australians um, in my travels, and unlike a lot of, well, first off, Canada, where I was raised, where everyone just hates Americans, and of course, most Europeans, but we don't need to deal with them right now, Australians seem to be a little more level-headed, and there doesn't seem to be this anti-American streak. Am I incorrect about that? You guys just putting on a good face when you're at the hot tub at the Bellamar Hotel? <laughs> no, it's, no, you, you're pretty much on the dot. Uh, you can tune into the radio station here and you will hear Australians trying to be Americans in hip hop music, etc. <laughs> yes. um, no, we're very far from anti-American. We're actually almost entirely American ourselves. Um, but um, yeah, I think you've, you, you've pretty much on the mark. We, we are pretty level-headed. We do sort of give everybody a fair voice, a fair go. And that's one of the things I'm proud of as an Australian. Yeah. Um, what, has the PC sort of social justice warrior culture hit Australia yet, or is that more of an American microcosm? Yes. Yeah, the SJWs are here in full force. Uh, uh-huh. There's a TV advert at the moment run by one of the major banks uh, where they've got two kids. The one's a girl, the one's a boy. The girl looks at the boy and says, you know, if I found out you had a vagina, I wouldn't pay you less. And um, <laughs> the boy looks at the girl and literally just starts laughing and yawning. And I guess in their mind, they're trying to make, you know, the right look unsympathetic. Yeah. But I think, ironically, they're just making the left look even stupider. So I don't know. Um, you, you tune into the radio here. There's people bad-mouthing Trump supporters. You know, Trump are moronic. Uh, mor- Trump supporters are moronic. They're, you know, they're deplorable, etc. You know, I mean, what better way to spark conversation with somebody than to throw them around the room? But, um, yeah, I, and there's just all the Black Lives Matter stuff is coming over here as well. You walk through the department store and there's just all sorts of music about Black Lives this, Black Lives that. Um, isn't it an African-American uh, movement in the first place? No, and no, 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 no. That would be far too logical. It's an Australian <laughs> yeah. uh, African movement, I guess, as well. We have that in Canada, too. Yeah. And kids would try and act like they were from the... Well, Drake. You know, Well, I'm sure you know Drake. Drake is a buttersoft yeah. bitch, half-Jewish kid from the nicest area of Toronto. And now he talks like he's from Memphis. It's like, that's fine <laughs> if you want to take creative license, but it's not genuine. And then they're so obsessed with being real, bro. There's nothing less real. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah, it's a farce. Yeah, well, it's, it's a facade. So this is a PSA. It's a far cry from kids don't play with blasting caps. Now to pay those with vaginas more. Is it? Is this a P, it's a PSA put out by a political party. Uh, just by the bank themselves. In oh. fact, they've pledged. I don't know how recent this was. It might have been last year, but they've pledged to deposit extra cash into the um, the female employees of their company. I guess to prove that they don't pay, discriminate, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I find all of it kind of divisive at the end of the day. Yeah. And then the one male accountant at the end of the year going through the books. What what is all of what is all this redecorating costs? What happened? Well, that's right. Yes. Yeah. And uh, you'll be guilty by association just from being on this program with that. joke. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's it's. Sorry. No, no, go ahead. I was going to say, I did notice a fem- who was a f- there was a feminist who was mad with you. By the way, for people who haven't listened, go. go um, is your YouTube channel po- just slash Pogo? Yes. Okay. Slash Pogo. By the way, good good going getting that one quickly because it seems like a lot yes. of people would have been jockeying <laughs> yeah, for Pogo. That's right. Yeah. Was, I have to go to court. Yes. There was one feminist who um 
was mad. Like I liked I liked Pogo until I found out how sickening his comments were about about feminism. And I'm re- watching any comments you've ever made about feminism on any program and read them in print. And they were all entirely reasonable. Um, do you know who I'm talking about? Am I, am I, is it just some random commenter or was it someone with a platform? Uh, there's been more than one man. I don't keep track. Um, <laughs> I don't really care. They, they, they never really engage me in a discussion anyway. It's just, you know, misogynist this, misogynist that. Um, no, I don't know who you're talking about. Sorry, what, what, what was the comment? I don't know. They were just saying that you were, you were uh, a horrible person for your comments about feminism. This is all I remember because it's Fair what enough. spurred me to look. I didn't have any idea as to what your opinions were. And it's what spurred uh-huh. me to look up. I was like, oh, man, well, maybe he said some really, and I read it, and I go, oh, that's about what I think. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, it's why I love watching your guys' show. I was there on the presidential election day. I was up at like five o'clock in the morning. You guys went all through. You were streaming for like six hours. What was it? Seven? Yes. Yes. It was a a long amount of time. Oh my God. You guys were so tired. But I remember getting up early because I wanted to see who was going to win. Yeah. And um, I just remember when Hillary didn't show face on stage and they brought someone out to say, go home, everybody, go back to bed. It didn't look good. (laughs) It didn't look good for this. We just laughed our asses off at that. And what was the most fun that night was tuning into the Young Turks stream at the same time and they were just oh having a meltdown. Yes, yes, the meltdown. Yes, that was genius. <laughs> Uh, I don't know what copyright that uh, laws that violates. You know, it's funny. We were so tired. The true story about that is we were so we were across the country. We were in a studio, you know, that old den studio. And when we were done, my wife had already moved. I was in that house. Not gay. Jared knows small house, completely empty. I had a mattress on the floor and our studio. And that was it. Oh, yep. my God. And after that live stream, it was six, six something <laughs> hours. Um, we tore down. What was it, Jared? Was it 4 a.m.? It was, yeah, we tore down from like 2 to 4 a.m. 2 to 4 a.m. And I just looked at the house and I was, you know, it's sad memories of house I got married and I looked and it was empty. I said, you know what? I can't do this. And we never went to sleep. Me and my friend drove another 16 hours. You and Gerald, yeah. Yeah, 16 hours. Uh, that was that 24-hour cycle. It took me like weeks to recover. Um, but I remember just sitting there wow. going, can you believe this? This election, all of us were just not really in shock, but just sort of processing it. Right. Yeah, it was a big one. But I got to take my hat off to you guys. I mean, you guys, I thought you stayed fairly neutral throughout the whole thing. I didn't know who won until you guys uh, let it go at the very end. I think you did a really good job. Well, thank you. You know, I appreciate that. And I think, you know, you made some comments, like you said, supporting Trump. Here's something that I am maybe concerned about, too, is is um, obviously we weren't really pro-Trump in the primaries. We didn't hate him. And then when he was against Hillary Clinton, we tried to be somewhat objective, support him where we could. I think, and now there's this, these sort of two factions, right? The social justice left, where it's just everything is offensive. But you're seeing this sort of breakout now on the Trump side, where any criticism is met with this, this vitriolic anger as well. And I mm. think there are more people like me, Jared, and yourself who are like, well, he's not ideal, but I don't hate him. Mm. He's Look, he's not the Sam Harris I would have preferred. He's not the Christopher Hitchens that would, I would have liked or the Richard Dawkins, but um, I don't know. He's got a pair of balls on him, for Christ's sake. Let's, let's, let's give him that. <laughs> he does. He does. Mm. Yeah, He's an entertainer. Yeah, I mean, that's, I guess that's kind of, do you, do you think that's kind of what it takes? Do you think that's why Bernie kind of lost out? I think Bernie lost out because he's a crazy person. Um, Fair enough. <laughs> well, I, I, it's funny. So were you, were you, you liked Bernie before Trump? Was that your transition? No. No. Okay. I, I never even really paid much attention to Bernie. All, all I remember is someone stole his, 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 one of his last rallies from him. They stole the mic or something to that effect. Yeah. And that was more or less the end. <laughs> yes, it was, it was Black Lives Matter. And they just yeah, came on. And he, and he, yeah, that's right. <laughs> they just yeah. pushed him off. It, yeah. It was, Do you think the left is responsible for Trump? Um, 
Yeah, I do. I really do. I think, and here's the thing too, I think they're really responsible because there's been so, and I don't know, I'm curious as to what it's like in Australia, if you see this happening now or if it's already happened, they were so bad for so long and everything was racist, everything was sexist, everything was homophobic. And we actually wrote an article and a lot of conservatives got mad. We had that famous, remember Obama poster, but it was replaced with Hillary. And instead of hope, it said bitch. And we said, watch, bitch is going to be the new N-word. Um, because I used to say, if you use the word socialist or anything or anti-American, you secretly meant the N-word because you were racist. And sure enough, it was the switch when Hillary Clinton was the candidate where everyone who was racist overnight was now sexist. And uh, uh-huh. I think that's what pushed people over the edge. They voted. They said, you know what? Screw this. I don't know. What, is that what you see there in Australia? Kind of observing from yeah, afar? Yeah, look. I, I was queuing up, for a, queuing up for a Big Mac at McDonald's and um, they had a big newspaper on the counter and you open up page three. So you just go three pages into it and they're in like type size 20 or whatever it is, is like, it's a misogynist world. I've never seen type as big as this, by the way. <laughs> and um, you know, it's, it's like, that's just somehow culturally, you know, okay mm-hmm. that you're, and there's a picture of this old lady t- talking to these little girls at school about how much the world hates them because of their vaginas and, yeah. you know, how, how evil the world is towards women. Right. And, um, Every time I look at this stuff, I just think, you know, you, you couldn't be more divisive if you tried. You couldn't be more counterintuitive to attaining equality if you were paid to do it. Yeah. It's just, it's crazy. And ironically, they say hate. I mean, vaginas are one of our favorite things. So it's just, yeah, it's, that's right. they take something that should be the great uniter and uh, somehow turn it into uh, an evil animal <laughs> with nasty pointy yeah. teeth. Yeah. Now um, it's the wedge between the sexes. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, exactly. It's, it, you know, it's, it's and, and in need of a wedge sometimes. So we're talking about um, in Australia, <laughs> what are your political parties like? Where I was from in Quebec, this, I'm always curious. In Quebec, we had liberals, like really, and then we had liberal separatists because they always wanted to separate mm-hmm. from Canada. Does Australia mm-hmm. really even have like a true conservative wing or libertarian wing? I, again, I'm, I'm pretty ignorant with this. I think we have um, we have a party called Greens, which is kind of the liberal side of things. Okay. And then we also have um, Labour. Okay. Do you guys have a Labour party there? Um, no, I'm pretty sure Labour oh. is still like pretty pretty far left. That would be like really pro union and kind of socialism, I would imagine. Right. Okay. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, but I don't know. I mean, there's certain things, you know, for example, I mean, Australians would look at Americans and think we're super far right wing, but our corporate tax rate is, is at 36, 37%. It's way, mm. way higher than Australia. Um, mm-hmm. So the politicization that breaks out geographically sometimes, you know, people just like, oh, Americans are right wing with over a 30% corporate tax rate. That's ridiculous that's to crazy. Australians. Um, mm. Do you know what the income tax rates are in Australia? Do you have any idea? Well, my dad pays about 50%. Ugh. Um, he's in medicine. He does radiology, and he pays at least half of his income away. Yeah, yeah. and it's crazy. And do, do you um, still have a lot of people saying it's not fair, and they want to take more? Uh, oh, sure. Yeah. No, look, the socialists are on their way for sure. People want to get more for doing less, and um, I don't like it. I, I don't like it at all. Do you, yeah. Have you always been this way? Because it's un, it's clear that you have a very clear work ethic. I mean, from just the output, uh, it's it's clear that you work really hard. Have you always sort of leaned this way of rugged individualism, or did it happen later in life? Um, yeah, it didn't really happen to like sort of I guess like the early twenties. You know, I, I I don't think you really know how the world works at the age of twenty. We've yeah. just uh, elected someone into parliament here at the age of twenty. You know, really. Um, yeah, yeah, it's like the Doogie Hauser of politics. Holy crap! Yeah, that's it. That's it. Um, yeah, I always the believe fetus. very strongly in personal accountability. You know, um, taking ownership of you know your choices and your and your actions. Um, 
I've always believed in that. So yeah. I guess like, is there such like, could could you like, can you be a conservative libertarian, or or is that kind of counter? No, no, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I, libertarian is considered very much a part of the conservative wing. No, wh- why yeah. do you ask that? Do you think of libertarian as kind of center left? Well, they're kind of switching places at the moment, aren't they? I mean, I, I, I'm finding that, um, like, classic libertarianism is no longer trendy. Right. Yeah. Mm. It's kind of been replaced with sort of populism, like the the, the, the Trumpism kind of thing, and it's certainly not That's libertarian. Right. It's certainly not small yeah. government. Um, yeah. But it's, it's funny that you ask that because I think in I mean Jared not Jared I think in the here in the United States everyone kind of unilaterally thinks of libertarian as more conservative. I think uh, mm. fiscally conservative, socially liberal. That's kind of how I was always. Described. They think of them pretty much as conservatives who want to smoke pot. Yeah, pro about yeah. gay marriage, pot, whatever. But you know, don't take you know, don't, don't tax me. Yeah, that's about it. I don't. Yeah. Is there, does that exist in Australia? Like libertarians. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, okay. pretty much. That's pretty much where the Greens are coming in, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. They're just losing their but seats to 20-year-olds. Yeah, 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 too often it goes far left. You know, there's a really interesting thing that happened to me the other day. Um, yeah. Have you guys heard of the um, Dakota Access Pipeline project? Yeah, 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 Dakota Access Pipeline. Yeah, all, all uh, what's yeah. her name from... Uh, Oh, what's her name from the the, uh, the, the guide, guide to your star, uh, to your stars? That girl, the Insurgent series. That girl, that actress. Oh, Shane Yeah, she was showing up yeah. and protesting yeah. like a semi retard. Continue. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, but anyway, I got emailed by the, the the people protesting whose families were getting arrested by the cops uh, for, I guess, you know, holding up production, uh, yeah. getting in the ways of contracted work, uh, sabotaging equipment, and they asked me, um, "Can you make some kind of, you know, track?" about this like can you maybe remix like if i send you footage of the guys protesting can you remix it and help uh, raise awareness of this <laughs> and um i'm kind of two minds about it. like this is kind of where I'm, I'm i'm on the fence because um one of the like i don't know if you guys have seen my whole world remix project where i take a camera and a mic into the real world and i do what i do with movies but with people and with cultures and um one of the first things i thought of doing was was doing native american culture like finding a campfire you know like the classic sort of red, Indi- red indian tribes and doing a remix around that right and I thought, well, I'd like to do something like this, but I, I don't know how I feel about putting, you know, political agenda behind music. Right. Um, I think music needs to stay a universal language. And I can't stand this new, like, far left hip hop that I'm hearing on the radio now. Cough, Beyonce, about, Lemonade, know, cough. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's it. Yeah, oh, it's just nuts. But um, that's pretty much going ahead now, right? That project is... Yeah, yeah, it, it is, which is fantastic. By the way, Beyonce's in the Illuminati. That's the real problem there. Oh, so get you your know. get your facts correct. We meet on Tuesdays. Um, yeah, I, uh, <laughs> I, you know, it, I don't have a problem with it as long as people accept the consequences. Um, mm. But it's a little different because I come from the world of, of comedy. You know, I particularly, well, I was an actor first and then stand-up comedy in my mid-teens. Did that really up until sort of Fox and the news thing. In stand-up right. comedy, it's, it's sort of expected for you to fillet yourself in a way where you open up about your opinions. You know, some people get away without mm-hmm. doing it. So, um, but but most comedians I know at least dabble in the realm of politics and culture. With music, I think it's it, with comedy. People are going in to hear your thoughts on the world. With music, often I think like films, they're going to escape the world. Mm-hmm. Um, so mm-hmm. I think maybe you're right on that. But I do think you know, there's also the other part of me that says everyone else is doing it. So I wouldn't mind seeing Pogo uh, dip his toe into the water. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, I. Yeah, I, I tried to keep the Trumpula piece as neutral as I could yeah. because I didn't know if he was going to win or not, and I didn't really want to lose any followers. Pogo, Pogo does play my bills. I want to be careful. Sure. Um, yeah. And I have actually, I did get a prospective client wanting me to make a Bernie Sanders remix, and I was like, uh, let me get back to you on that. <laughs> but, um, uh, 
Yeah. Not a very melodic voice lot. either. It'd be tough to work with. One <laughs> percent. Oh God. Okay. Yeah, I'm that's it. To yeah. I have to get the auto tune on maximum. Yeah. But um, you, 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 I, you, I have to kind of walk a tightrope. Right. And one of the things that I have found recently is that there's a line between like your art and yourself as a person. Sure. Like if you go onto my SoundCloud and you like my stuff, you retweet it, you post it, you comment on it. It's got nothing to do with me, really. Like, I am, I'm actually very different from my music. Like, you listen to Alice and Wishery, you think of someone who's light and fluffy and bubbly and optimistic. I'm actually kind of the opposite in a lot of ways. Yeah. At least I have been since my balls dropped. Yes. Um, well, shit has changed. Yeah. yeah. Well, hold on. Um, let's not put shit yeah. balls in the same sentence. That just creates a visual that no one needs. <laughs> no, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, um, uh, no, it doesn't surprise me, though. Really creative people, and I mean, um, clearly you are, tend to be conflicted because, you know, you, you can't tell someone to be, to, you know, and that's one thing you talked about with Tommy Sotomayor on, on social media, right? You were talking about mm -hmm. sort of shutting off social media, and I know a lot of people say, mm -hmm. don't be so sensitive. I would imagine it's pretty hard for someone to tell you that because there has to be a hypersensitivity to be able to watch a film that everyone else just watches and says, that's a good movie, and create an entire song and melody out of it. There, you have to be more sensitive than the average person to be creative. Right. Um, don't be more sensitive. I don't remember that reaction. Well, um, I just, I just mean as far as online, like when people say, you know, you're like, well, if you look at social media, it can be toxic. And you'll get people on social yeah. media, if ever we mention those things, like, oh, who cares? People insult you online. Who cares? Don't be sensitive. It's like, well, yeah, but everyone is, everyone has a reaction. It doesn't mean you're hype, hypersensitive or, or offended. It's just as a creative person, you're going to react to people responding yeah. to your art. I, I don't think it's got anything to do with sensitivity. I think we have a culture now in which you've got your self-image in a smartphone. You've got your self-worth in your pocket, in yeah. a slab. All right. And that's not just the sensitive ones of us. That's everybody. Right. And m my angle was, you know, it'd be nice to try and cut back on that. You know, instead of going for likes and retweets, how about we go for hugs and kisses and human connections for a change, you know, back like back in the good old days. Right. Um, that's That was my angle about it. Yeah. Uh, well, I think it's yeah. a good point, and I think, and it's tough because obviously you also make your living through this sort of, you know, there's no more gatekeepers with social Absolutely. media. Absolutely, it's a big conflict. Yeah. Um, how I do you ba balance that? On Twitter every day. Sorry. How do you balance that? Jeez, I don't know. Well, I haven't been on Facebook in two weeks now. Like I said in my vid. Okay. Um, it's been great. I kind of find I don't know. Facebook is just a, a torrent of memes and gifts. You know, it's just people hungry for social validation. You know, three seconds of ha-ha here and there. Yeah. I find no substance in it at all. And I'd be less insulted if you wrapped your lips around a revolver than thumb <laughs> through it in front of me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it, it really, it, it's, I, I find that offensive. I really do. Like, I've made an effort to make a connection with you, and you're just thumbing through pictures of your mates <laughs> shitting into a blender or... Uh, <laughs> Maybe the problem is your friends. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that's that's just it. It's like, are these my friends anymore, or are they like pixel pals? Right. Who, I don't know. It's, we're, yeah, we're just kind of crossing over into a digital age, and I'm, I don't know if I like the direction. I, I don't know if I like the culture. I think if I could go at it physically, I'd go at it with a flamethrower strapped to a pulse rifle. I don't like it. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, at the same time, I, I think it's great. Like, it's obviously really useful. Right. Um, I, I'll be the first to put my hand up and say I've met a lot of people through it. And without sure. Pogo and without social media, I don't know where I'd be socially. Yeah. 
but it's becoming toxic. It's becoming a dependency. Like I said, you've got your self-worth in a can now. Mm-hmm. If you don't get likes and thumbs up, you know, from this construction of your self-image, you, you you take that away. It's like, oh, am I valid as a person? Am I good? Am I likable? You know, you're still tugging on your mother's dress like you did as a child. Right. Yes. And, and you know, and I think we see that not only with social media, but this this culture of, like you said, likes, clicks, fame. Um, I mean, I think that's why this Milo thing has been so hard to watch, disregarding the yes. opinions, is his entire identity was wrapped up in how much controversy he could generate or how many people were paying attention. And mm-hmm. so, you know, obviously I'm, I'm a Christian. I imagine when you talk about Dawkins and stuff, we differ on that, but man, I've been praying for the guy. Cause I'm like, I know that he's the kind of guy where this will probably be harder for him than anyone else, because that is mm-hmm. his identity. Um, mm-hmm. Just like taking, if someone were banned from Facebook where they spend all day on Facebook, it'd be way worse than your aunt Tilly who checks it every couple of weeks. Um, mm-hmm. and, and, uh, that's one negative I, I might say about Donald Trump is that culture of kind of celebrity, right. And the retweets right. and, and the controversy, I think that could exacerbate it. Yes. I'm with you on that. Yeah. I don't think Trump should be on Twitter nearly as much as he is. I don't <laughs> think he's helping himself there. Yeah. He made the comment once it's like having your own personal newspaper, which I get, mm-hmm. but it does kind of sort of project a certain narcissism about the guy, yeah. which I don't think helps him at all. No, I don't, I don't think helps him at all. Um, and like you said, it's a great thing. I mean, there are no gatekeepers anymore, right? We're, we're able to get this show out to, to people and we do really well That's and everyone it. makes a living. But, um, but you know what the truth is? Most people, uh, like if you see in your comment section, most people um, watch a video or they listen to a track and if they like it, they move on. The people who stay mm-hmm. in the comment section or who riddle your Twitter timeline with negative comments, those are not normal people in real life. These are unstable human beings, but we see more of them than ever because they're the only ones who use these platforms. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. You got to be careful when you take feedback from these things. It's like when I get a, comp- a compliment on my music, am I taking that? Like, am I going to store that in myself or am I going to store that in Pogo? Right. Because really... of my followers, maybe your followers as well, maybe more than 99.9%, they don't, they don't know you as a person. They they, they don't know, they don't know you as a friend. They know you as a brand, right? So you have to like separate yourself from your brand. And I've found that quite difficult. I've actually gone through a few different Facebook accounts. I did delete a Twitter account once um, because of a backlash on things that I then took personally. Mm -hmm. You know, you have to learn how to separate yourself from, from, from it. It's a challenge sometimes. It is a challenge. It is a challenge because you want you want that engagement, but you also want what's best for people. And and you know that it's right. not healthy for them to be um, constantly engaged in flame wars or comment wars. You know, we have some people who are right. super regular listeners and we're incre- and obviously mug club members. We're incredibly grateful, but I'll see them like arguing in the comment section all the time. And I've sent a couple messages like, listen, man, thanks. I appreciate it. But don't feel like you need to take this on. I mean, you know, go outside, take a breather. And um, that's, you know, that's effectively telling them to do the opposite of what we need for revenue. And it's a challenge. Yeah. I'd say that's, that's a conflict of interest for sure. I know. I know, I know what that's like. Yeah. No, I, I was definitely cleared into the whole Milo controversy recently. I think I saw some kind of live feed on Facebook about his comments. Yeah. Um, and um, the, the, like the, the comments in the Facebook live feed were just toxic as hell. Yeah. No one's interested in discussion. It's just Milo's a pedophile this, Milo's a pedophile that. There's no debate happening. There's no discussion happening. Yeah. And in an environment like that, I'm not surprised someone like Trump won. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, and, and um, you know, with the Milo thing, we, we discussed it on the show behind the paywall because, A, we have a, we have a longer show. We can do it with more nuance. We know people who are there are people who are typically 
uh, more informed and more willing to listen to an opinion. We ta- spoke with Chad with AIDS, uh, our friend who actually was was molested as a teenager who spoke about the issue. And what it came down to with us was, listen, I mean, I, I know Milo. We had him on the show back when he had a, you know, a few thousand Twitter followers. Um, I think it came down to th- two things. Okay, was it a joke? I don't think anyone was offended by the joke. Or was it advocacy? And if you mm. look at the comments in their full context, you can certainly see the argument that it was advocacy. Um, mm-hmm. And then it comes down to, okay, what's your opinion on a relationship between a grown man and a 13, 14, 15-year-old? And is it mm-hmm. consistent with what your position was yesterday, you know, with Lena Dunham? Those were the questions people needed to ask themselves. Instead, right. they got out the torches and pitchforks. That's it. Yeah. Well, I, I might be wrong about it, but when he was talking about the benefits, quote-unquote, yeah. of a relationship between... Uh, those two people. Wasn't he referring to his own experience? He, he was referring to his own experience. And then later he said, um, we, we have all the clips on the, on Monday show. He said, I think the, the age of consent laws are about right. And then, but then people cut that context because he went on to mm. say, uh, though I think some people uh, could be able to give consent younger like myself. And if you look back himself was, I think 13 or 14 years old. So it sounds like he's saying, he is saying there's some people who should be able to have sexual relationships at 13 or 14 years old in its yeah. full context. I don't agree with that. That's just that's my a, opinion. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. That's, uh, yeah, I, I was a bit, um, I was a bit gutted to see what he said and, and to see him go up, going up and make an apology because I've always had this image of Milo as, as being a take no from anybody kind of guy, yeah. you know, um, this is the first time he's ever apologized. And I think he said it's going to be the last, didn't he? Yeah, I, I wouldn't bet on that. <laughs> no. <laughs> I, I don't think the way Milo has existed can exist anymore in the future. And, uh, and that's the thing. He has to come to grips with that and decide how to proceed. I could be wrong. Um, but uh, yeah, you know, I, I, I can still disagree with some of the things he said. And, and still mm. not be happy about the clear political hit job that it was, taking something from a year out. You know, they could have just at that point brought it up, said this is wrong, and dealt with it then. The fact that they sat on it for a year tells me that, you know, there, there are people with agendas across the board. That's right. Yeah. So you think it's 15 minutes of fame or up? Um, I don't. They've taken a hit. I don't know. I mean, here's the thing. I, I know that regardless of, of whoever agrees or disagrees with his opinion, um, it's going to be a really tough clawing, pride-swallowing climb back up to the top, right? Yeah. And then, if these people allow you on television, it's going to be your one of many panelists because... If you if and if you don't behave, you're out. And so you can't be the guy who generates protests and controversy and still have that platform. Um, mm. You know, in a difference kind of with what we do, we own all of our own platforms. You know, we've had people offer to come in, and we could have worked for you know other big sites, whether whether it's sites right. like Breitbart or other conservative yeah, sites. Yep. We yep. opted not to. And so when you're an employee, you have that stripped from you. I don't know. You know, I don't know what he has in his savings account to, to bet on himself and bankroll himself right now. I'd like to see him do something, but it, it's going to be a process. Absolutely. Yeah. He's, uh, yeah, I think he's, there's some people saying, oh, Breitbart's actually kind of brushed him out. They've actually swept him out. It's not his resign, but I don't know. It's probably just. Yeah, yeah, there's always some of that. Saying, when we were in the studio, a bit of that. we talked yeah. about that. I was, they, uh, was Edward, the sound guy, said, "Did you hear Milo's having a speech uh, today? He's giving a press conference." I said, "No, no, I know. Bright, I, I know from yeah. behind the scenes, Breitbart's giving a conference." And then uh, I found out that his was like a half hour earlier. I said, "This is an arms race yep. for someone to say either you're fired or I resign." And uh, yeah. but, I mean, again, that's ego on both sides, and that's not a healthy way to make a decision. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, we, I don't know. 
Yeah, no, yeah. we can get off the mouth thing. It's, it's, it's tough, but you know, it's tough ego right in this age. I mean, someone like you is as successful as you are and you show up to DJ and you have all these people showing up because they're fans mm-hmm. of yours. Um, mm-hmm. I think there's nothing more corrosive to the human spirit than success, right? Cause you can see yeah, that I agree. and just yeah. coast. Yeah. Success is your worst enemy. I've heard it said before and your potential is your worst enemy too. Um, how, how is that but, potential is your worst enemy? That's interesting. Well, because you're always, it's actually a line from Star Trek Next Gen, actually. Uh, someone said, <laughs> oh, God, okay. So, so, someone said, yeah, I, I, it, you, you thought it was like a Richard Dawkins quote for a second there. Um, no, it, it, it was something to the, to the, I think if someone was saying it to Wesley, like, uh, you know, your, 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 your own potential is, is going to be your worst enemy because you know how much better you can be. Did you see the Whiplash movie with uh, J.K. Simmons? Uh, J.K. Simmons and, uh, well, hold on a second. Nakia Jared hates Miles Teller. He hates, uh, I don't know why. But well, he's slowly the, the coming around. Yeah, the drummer. Mm. Why? I don't know. There's something personal, I think. What happened with him? He looks like a thumb. I don't know. It <laughs> okay. It bothers me. <laughs> Not a valid criticism. Okay, but back to, back to Pogo. He's our guest, Nakia Jared. I heard it was fantastic. Continue. <laughs> no, I was saying... Um, that's like I, when I was talking about potential, I instantly thought of Whiplash because that whole movie is about, you know, the worst two words you can say to anybody with aspiration is good job. Because right. the moment you pat someone on the back and say, OK, that's great. It's an incentive to stop trying. Right. It's, incentive, it's incentive. If someone said good job to Buddy Rich, would he have been Buddy Rich? And same thing with Louis Armstrong. Right. And I think that's kind of what the guy meant when he said to Wesley in Star Trek, you know, your potential is your, is your worst enemy. It's always going to be two steps ahead of you. You'll never get to where you want to be. Um, but I guess you kind of have to use that as motivation at the same time. Yeah. And I, I can't abide mediocrity in anything. Right. That's why I never listen to pop stream, mainstream music. I, I turn the radio off every time I get in the taxi or a car. You think it's all, it's all pretty mediocre today? I think it's formulated. I think, you know, there's, there's, there's like an average of 13 producers behind every mainstream pop track now it's yeah. just it's formulated it's 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 a yeah it's 12 guys getting into a boardroom and, and piecing it together it's awful okay now that we're getting more kind of philosophical here's, here's a question for you i've asked several people before particularly like the high level athletes and high performers that we've had in this show since we're talking about potential what is it that bothers you more um what do you think is harder to swallow and it may take time to think about it when mm. you've done everything that you could when you've worked as hard as you possibly could and you c- still came up short or is it harder when you look back on a mistake that you know you made and could have avoided? Um, I'd say it's, mm, yeah, that is a thinker. That's a thinker for sure. Well, I don't know. Like in the case of the data Picard thing, I had to get to a stage where I was like, okay, the tunic looks a bit shit in this shot, but I've spent the past four weeks, almost all day, every day working on this. I, I have to just say this is okay. Right. Because like in, 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 um, in some, in someone in your position or someone in my position who who do this thing for a living, like we're good at what we do. So your idea of crap might be most people's idea of okay. Right. And my idea of you know mediocre is probably most idea most people's idea of of, of decent. Right. So you know there's there's perfecting something and then there's getting it out there. Right. And the problem I've always had is I want to perfect it. I want to get it perfect. And I've got so many projects I haven't finished because of that mindset. 
Yeah. Well, it's funny because you still finish a lot of projects. Actually, not Gay Jared was talking about how fantastic the lighting was in Data Picard. The green yeah, screen. Yeah, the green screen oh, lighting thanks, was like man. on point. Yeah, you meshed it. Oh, I mean, that thanks. makes. I mean, our green screen is just is just total crap with reflection of green and stuff. But because we work in news, we're like, we got to get it out today. <laughs> yeah. Otherwise, the story's done. That's well, the first things I know. Oh, no, I'm like, man, you put a lot of time into this. Yeah, no, no, no. Uh, your your thing is is it, yeah. The Data Picard for people who haven't seen it. You matched the lighting of the environments, which is very hard for professional lighting crews to do in big budget films. That's not easy to do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Look okay. at this. Look well, at this. No, 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 no. Stop being, stop being with the bullshit humble. Look at this. <laughs> For people who, people who aren't watching this, look at this. That looks like he's outside there. That's, that's a green screen. It looks like he's out there in the desert in front of those rocks and whatever this, I'm not a nerd. I don't know what the starship thing is, but some kind of spaceship. That mm-hmm. really is, inc- look, at, look at this, Jared. Yeah. That's very difficult. People pay a pretty penny to h- hire people, and I know them who can make that lighting work. <laughs> well, it, it took a hell of a long time. Many sleepless nights uh, of having to re-put, like, reapply makeup, and then it was getting all over my camera. Yeah. Um, I had to hire the lights out like four nights in a row. It was awful. You guys, do, do you guys have a crew when you do your vits, or is it like no? We we do, and that's that's what we you know we have the 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 whole mug club like subscription. It's less than six dollars yeah. a month, and a big reason for that is so we're not dependent on places like Google and and uh, you know well pretty much Google as far as advertising, whether it's YouTube or on our website. So it allows us. Yeah, right. we have we have a bunch of people. Um, what do we have? We have five six people who work on the show. Yep, and then we have five six people and another three people on the website. Four people on the website. Yeah. So, yeah, to, to put this kind of this regular amount of content, it requires more people. Um, right. And I'm not yes. very skilled at those things. OK, well, Jared's your producer. You seem to be in good shape. Um, well, uh, that remains to be seen, especially it depends on when <laughs> it depends. Don't compliment him too much. <laughs> no, 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 no. No pat in the back for not KJ, <laughs> especially because he actually hasn't even accomplished anything of which he should be proud yet. So it's not sure. even me being disingenuous. Um, but, uh, that data Picard thing. Yeah. We watched it and right away, I mean, you know, I went to film school, didn't finish. My brother graduated UT film with honors and we were all watching it and going like, this is really, really well done. So, um, hats off to you. And that was a slow build. That wasn't one of your most popular songs right away and now it seems like it's it's gained traction yeah it, well, it has yeah no thanks man i really i really appreciate the kind words I, i'm glad you guys like it um but um yeah no it was a lot of fun i'd, I'd like to do one with uh, the joker in the future everyone says because i don't know if you've seen the wizard of may uh, vid yes yes but, yes um i'd love to do that as the joker not the heath ledger joker no one's ever going to top that but I think the Mark Hamill Joker from the cartoon series would be a lot of fun. Oh, mm. Yeah. Also, Mark Hamill in real life now looks like the Joker. So it came full circle. <laughs> yes, <it does. laughs> That's some rough living, Mark Hamill. Oh, my God. When they Is he bro- going to be in the next Star Wars film? Uh, yep. I, ho- I hope he gets killed off. Yeah, just be, you think he's, he's a big that, fan of it today. Yeah, it's one of those things where you just, you just watch it and you're, you're you're sad. You're like, oh, and that's Luke Skywalker yeah, they, now. They tacked him onto the end of uh, the Force Awakens, didn't they? Uh, you know, he was you, there for like five seconds with what's her face. I don't even remember. I fell asleep at that yeah. movie. Forgive me, not gay Jared. What happened? I think the universe took the right Skywalker, but they could have taken Mark Hamill too, probably. Okay. Uh, yeah. he's, he's, he's bound to be probably the weakest. Like, Carrie Fisher is by far the weakest link of that, that Star Wars movie, and yeah. I think he's bound to be the, be the weakest link of the next one. Uh, it's the age that's catching up to them. Yeah. Isn't Tarkin, like, mm-hmm. CG in Rogue One? Is yeah. That's what I've heard. Yeah. Who? Tarkin, uh, one of the main <laughs> characters in the old, it, And actually, they, they, they shouldn't have... They did that wrong, too. They shouldn't have... Uh, yeah. yeah. It was, it was obviously... Like playing Uncharted or something on PlayStation. Yeah. I don't know these yeah. things. I have a wife. Um, so I, 
no, I just, I just can't, I just can't do it anymore. Like this, it's just, I don't know. It's, it's, it's like Call of Duty or like Xbox games. I feel like it requires so much engagement that I don't have the time for it. Yeah, or, yeah. Oh, that sucks all your time away. I played World of Warcraft for seven weeks once to get up to level 19. I looked back at my life and I was like, what have I actually accomplished? Like, what if I spent this time making videos? Oh, God. Yeah. Or love. So um, (laughs) (laughs) that's a rough few weeks when you look back like, oh, gosh, I could have done this. So here's something that's interesting. And then we have to go uh, relatively soon. Um, You brought up Christopher Hitchens and and Dawkins. um, Mm. And uh, uh, who was the other? Sam Harris. So I assume you're an atheist. I wouldn't call myself an atheist. I just, I, I don't know. Like we, we live on this ball. Like we, we, we're living on this tiny rock in this minute, this minute little quadrant of the universe. And we have the arrogance to think we know how the universe came about and what's out there and what's behind it all. I just prefer to keep an open mind than to go saying what is and isn't. Right. Mm. Okay. So, well, Earth is flat. If you, if you've been listening to Kyrie Irving lately too. Yeah. Well, we learned about that the Tuesday (laughs) Illuminati meetings. Yeah, it's it's the flat earth. You can tell by the horizon. Put a ruler up to it or a protractor. It's something like that. You know, we're scientists. Um, It's interesting that you say that because we have, you know, at one point it was this huge faction. It was kind of like the left. Uh, Really, the social justice warrior left used to be all these atheists sort of online, particularly on YouTube Mm. and places like that. And they just their whole mission was just tar and feathering, hating, particularly Christians. Let's not let's not say religious people. They don't care about Buddhists. They don't care about Hindus, Christians. And we have a lot of people like yourself who watch our program. And I'm pretty open about about my faith and we can always discuss it. But it's still a very libertarian minded faith. Um, This is what I believe. This is how I live my life. But I certainly don't want to legislate it. And I certainly don't want to proselytize, uh, you know, people who, who have no interest in it. So it's interesting that that's come full circle, because I think four years ago, someone like yourself would never have listened to me. Well, I, I don't know. Look, I, I, I was born a Christian. I was raised a Christian by my mother. Um, she dragged yeah. me off to Sunday school and all that. And um, I spent most of my teenage years believing in a God and thanking him for my, my fortunes. I would say, you know, if, if I do die one day and I get to heaven and there is a God and it's like, oh, shit, this guy's responsible for all my all my success, I'd be feeling pretty shitty if, yeah. um, you, you know, I, I didn't pay my respects while I was alive. Um, yeah. But I don't know. I, I, it's not that I don't believe in a God. It's not that I do. It's sure. just I, I don't feel I have the information. Well, uh, yeah, and, and that's fine. But my point is, is it's interesting that w- now we're able to have this conversation, right, at an intersect, whereas at one point, certainly online, it seemed like that was impossible. It seemed like the, right. the, the divide between uh, deists and agnostics and atheists, regardless of politics, like there's no way. And now culturally, we have far more in common than the new atheist left. And that's sort of a, yeah. an interesting development to me. That's right. Yeah. It, in as much as social media has kind of pitted the sides against each other, it seems to have opened up a lot of room in the middle for meeting of minds, isn't it? Yeah. It's yeah, interesting. I, I mean, we can talk like we'll have Sargon of a cat on. And, and I remember Sargon of yep. a cat came on and said, you know, so many people hate you. And I said, well, why is that? He's like, you know, your crazy opinions, like you don't believe in evolution. I said, that's not true. And it's like, oh, uh, well, crazy opinions, like you don't believe in climate change. That's not true. Oh, uh-huh. Well, crazy opinions uh-huh. like, and I'm like, no, this is the thing, because people just haven't listened to how we've expressed our opinions on here. Um, right. They assume this because it's easier to, to make the argument. I think a lot of people of faith have been tossed into this one box. And, uh, mm. and now we have, I mm. mean, we have atheists in the show all the time, and a huge portion of our audience are not conservatives, which is a big shift, I would say. What would you say, Jared? Last year and a half? Year and a half, yeah. Year and a half, maybe two. Yeah. Yeah. And, and we have the ability, all the analytics online to see that. So um, I wonder if you'll see that from the other side where, you know, not being political, just doing music, you might see a lot of your fan base become more. I just think people are becoming actually more engaged in that, which is surprising because we thought it would be the opposite. 
I agree. I think people are, are losing interest in taking sides and pointing fingers and, and gaining interest in discussing and, and exchanging ideas. Um, I was very like I was pleasantly surprised by the feedback to the Trumpula video. I thought for sure I'd lose subscribers. I thought for sure I'd get thumbs down. Um, it's 90% thumbs up the last time I checked. And um, the comments are just super supportive. You know, people are just taking a chill pill for a change. People are, are, are seeing that, you know, the whole divide between left and right, far left, far right. It, it's, you know, people are trying to, I think most people are starting to fall more into, most people I know are coming into the middle more. And I think it's really, really, really reassuring to see that. Well, I don't, and I've talked about this with Ruben, and not to disagree, I don't so much think it's the middle. I mean, I think if you look at your viewpoints, I think it, it's distinctly right-wing. And I don't mean that as an, as an insult, because I know people hear that. But, yeah, but the willing, the willingness to simply engage in ideas and listen is, is seen as something that's so not tolerated on the left. It's like, oh, okay, I'm a centrist. Well, actually, no. It's just that the left won't discuss these ideas as a general rule. Obviously, we're speaking in a generality. There are exceptions at all. And so we think of it as moderate, but... I mean, you know, for me, being really a pretty hardcore libertarian on most things, I'm not really in the center, but I'm able to meet people in the center. Right, right. Which, yeah, I, I, I totally get you. Yeah, I'm yeah. definitely sort of right of center for sure. I wouldn't call myself far right, but um, no. yeah, uh, I've, I've got conservative values for sure. Well, um, it's just about the individual responsibility is the main thing, right? If you believe in that. For me, yeah. yeah. It's just owning up to your own agency. And that's one of the things that I don't see feminists embracing, I, I, or, or socialists for that matter. I think we have a culture now where it's about getting more and doing less, and I, I can't abide it. I can't stand it. Uh, let me ask you this. How old are you? I'm 28. Okay, you're 28. So you're our age. Uh, how tall are you, by the way? Because you look very tall. I'm about, well, you guys do inches there, right? So I'm uh, 185 centimeters. What the hell is the conversion on that? Sorry. Oh, gosh. You know what? In Canada, they were arrogant bastards who claimed they'd metric, but they still would do like 6162. They didn't do the height that way. Um, hold on. Matt Gajir is calculating it. I'm we're, we're looking it up yeah, here. Yeah. We'll get back to you. Okay. <laughs> we'll get, we'll get yeah. back to you. Let's take a stand. Bye. So you're 28, um, and you talk about feminism a lot. So, you know, um, mm. are, you, are you dating? Are you currently in a long-term relationship? Or my, my interest is, is what the dating world is like for someone like you in the age of sort of angry feminists. Does that create a standoffish approach, somewhat of a, an atmosphere of fear? I'm married, so I haven't been in it for a while. Mm -hmm. I, I think we, like, despite all the achievements that feminists claim to have made, we still live in a culture where the man initiates, okay. where the man provides. I, still, I think at least where I live, that's still very much the case. Yeah. Um, you know, when you talk about if, if you want to talk about the courting game, I think it's still the guy that has to do all the proving. You know, right. how much of a provider are you? What sort of prospects have you got on the horizon? What sort of house have you got? What sort of job? Like, what's your aspirations, et cetera? Girls just got to say yes or no. The girl's got the tender profile. The guy's got to do every, all, all the work. Yeah. And, um, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm not having a grump about it, but um, it's still the way it is. And I'm not convinced feminism is working against that. I think it might actually be supporting it. Well, I think because more young women are, are, are not identifying as feminists. But I do wonder, you know, if we were dating Absolutely. right now and you, you go home with someone and then all of a sudden you're like, oh, front page news, I'm accused of rape. Damn it. You know, mm -hmm. that's the fear. <laughs> that's just in Pogo is six foot tall. Pogo is six foot tall. OK, there you go. six foot tall. So there you six go. Foot. Pretty tall. What's, you, what, what's your height, Steve? Um, I was 6'3 until I like ruptured a disc, and now I'm 6'2 something. Oh, wow. You're a tall motherfucker. Well, <laughs> well, you know what it is? is I, don't have, a lot of people, I don't have a big head. Like When I used to be on Fox, people like Sean Hannity and Bill O'Reilly, these guys, they have these massive heads. Josh Brolin yeah. head. Josh Brolin. Josh Brolin's like 5'7". Hey, the little guy. So I have a, a relatively, I don't have a small head, but I don't have a massive head. And so often when people meet me, they're like, oh, I thought you were a little guy. Well, 
you know, these are the breaks. Yeah. That you, you were saying about feminism. I mean, I, my whole thing with feminism is I don't th I don't see how you can solve a conflict of interest between multiple parties by focusing almost solely on the interests of one. Right. You know, That's to me, point. that just seems counterintuitive to the whole thing. Telling And the other thing, the, the other angle they have is like women have to be more masculine. You know, the whole culture we have now is it's like as much as they want to feminize men, I see more and more women in my day to day life being very manly and being very masculine. And I yeah. don't find that attractive at all. I'm that way too. And you know, it's funny as someone who's done combat sports, like in Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, we'd have girls who were very pretty and they would be, you know, grappling and they'd be like, I'm mm -hmm. just like one of the guys. And first off, they weren't. It was like, I mean, we had, we had world champions who fantastic, right? By, by, you know, black belts and, and I'm a decent hobbyist. And it's just like, okay, we can pick them up and move them how we want them. The strength differential is, is it's cute, right? It's cute. Right. And then they'd want to be like, we're one of the guys. And then they would want to date guys in class. And it's like, that's cool, but that's not really what a guy is looking for. I don't want my that's wife to right. share my opinion on sports or even films necessarily. I'm fine with her being yeah. girly and different. That's attractive to me. Yeah, I agree. They're trying to change a culture, and I don't think you can change the, a culture any more than you can change the weather. Yes, oh, that's a good point. I, I feel like you'd have a better chance at changing the weather than changing women. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, actually, yeah. my wife will vehemently. I just got an apology from her today. Oh. That was rare. Oh, yes. Yes. We got into a discussion and I have, I have been very, very good about my anger issues. And, um, I was like, I don't, I, I, do you see what you're doing here? She's like, what? I said, I, you, you are arguing with the wall because I'm not going to do this. And then I came back from the gym and she said, you know what? You're right. It was illogical. It was an issue that I was upset about. I'm sorry. And I was like, whoa. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> but, wow. uh, yeah, she's, she's great. It's one of those things too. You know, that's why I'm, I'm very, I'm not. I, I, nothing to do with same-sex marriage. I'm very pro-marriage, which is rare for people our age, because I think it's a great thing, A, to grow up. I think it's a great thing for a man and a woman, provided you do it right and find the right person, you know? Yes. Um, so I hope to see it yes. make a comeback, because in Quebec, nobody got married. I don't know what that's like in Australia, but outside of the U.S., in Quebec, it was just you'd shack up, live together, and it was considered the same thing. Yeah, yeah. I'm noticing more and more of my friends are losing interest in relationships and getting more interested in shits and giggles. <laughs> <laughs> I know what you mean. The two yeah. aren't mutually exclusive. Um, okay, right. Pogo, what's next for you? I mean, for people who, who are watching this, I, go check out the music. Pogo, he does all of our bumps. Um, hopefully one day he'll do a custom line with Grinder Bump. Who knows? Um, what's next for Pogo? Uh, I've got shows coming up in Perth, West Australia. Um, if it weren't for the whole US thing, I'd be playing them there with you guys. It'll be awesome fun. Yes. Um, I've got uh, Vivid Festival coming up in Sydney very soon, and um, I am working on another EP, which will be coming out on iTunes and Spotify shortly. When can you come to the United States, finally? Uh, 2021, Damn I think it, it is. I'm, I'm Past my 10-year ban period, yes. Now, for people who don't know, it wasn't really a, a horrendous crime. You just, you used the wrong work visa, right? Yeah, that's right. Um, no, I didn't go smuggling crack or anything like that. Um, I did kind of sort of have the wrong work visa, it turned out. I was too young and dumb to be doing what I did. Um, I made a bunch of cash without the right visa. Uh, they found me at a border, I think, between Canada and, and the States. Um, I got in prison for three weeks. Oh, my God. Yeah, don't, don't, I know what you're thinking. You're thinking like Shawshank Redemption. Fight addiction. a convict on this show. <laughs> what, was yeah. what was it like? That's it. Close the stream. Uh, <laughs> and what melodies did that inspire? <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's where the Scarface track came from, for sure. Uh, but, um, wait, hold on. No, what was that uh, like? Jail? What was, I mean, did you have a cellmate? Were you safe? 
I was all right. I had a single cell to myself for the most time, and then okay. they just opened you up into the population. Um, yeah, I had to like give me peanut butter sandwiches to help me keep my weight up because I was getting very thin. You know, prison food is very, very minuscule. Yeah. Um, but you know, the worst part was not being in jail. The worst part was just not knowing when you're going to get back out, and all your friends and family are on the on the other side of the planet. But um, I desperately want to get back there, man. Nobody parties like this like you guys over there. Um, I had people jumping up on stage with me. It was so much fun. You guys get so into it. I want to get back there ASAP. Good Lord. We should have led with that, Jared. <laughs> <laughs> you got in jail. Damn, damn it. Damn it. We talked about all this stuff nobody cares about. Everyone wants to know what happened in jail. Um, uh, and uh, how he Because you, you don't look like you would fare very well in a serious prison. Well, I, I, I made sure not to drop the soap in the shower. Yes. Just, just tell him you're Macklemore and see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! Um, I do, I do better. Well, so I would imagine you don't have a whole lot of sympathy for the the illegal immigrants here who who feel as though they're being oppressed by not being allowed to stay. When uh, by the way, you use the wrong work visa. Uh, they use no visa. They, just, <laughs> no visa. they walked across a stream. Yeah, I can't comment on immigration too much over there. I don't. It's not really something I'm too familiar with. No, not many people uh, cross over the uh, the border there in Australia. Kind of hard to get there. Yeah. It's uh, yeah. We, we, even if people come here by water, it's you know it's the Cubans and they're just they're just on a floating bar stool because they'll take anything yeah. to get to the United States. So yeah, if, if, if uh -huh. someone washes up over there, it's because they're on MH370 and they finally found the damn plane. <laughs> 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 Probably. Uh, all right, Pogo, we have to go, brother. Where's the best place for people to find you? Uh, you guys can check me out at youtube.com forward slash pogo and a whole bunch of tracks also go up to soundcloud.com forward slash pogo mix. Absolutely. And people, please do support his stuff uh, because the bigger he gets, the cooler we are for having copyrighted, uh, copyright free music uh, on our program. <laughs> and uh, thank you so much, Pogo. We'll, uh, we'll have to have you back soon and talk more about the prison experiences. Let's do it, man. Thanks so much for having me. I appreciate Let's it. Let's do it. Stay tuned for more, uh, which I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. AIDS. Oh, man. The good news is, Mug Club is scientifically proven to increase your enjoyment of life by 142%. Oh, gee, so I'll be cured? No, Jimmy. You're still going to die very soon. Shouldn't have engaged in all that unprotected homosexual intercourse. Oh, that's such a bummer. It pays to be prepared. You don't need to be a doomsday prepper or conspiracy theorist. It's worth it to have peace of mind. And that's why right now, Ladder with Crowder has a promotion with preparewithcr.com, where you can go do this online at preparewithcr.com or call 888-457-3453, where you can get your 30-day supply of emergency food, drink, dehydrated food for $99 shipped free. That's at preparewithcr.com or call 888-457-3453. Set it down somewhere in your basement, your den, and forget about it and just know that it's there uh, if you need it. Hey, hey, don't. You won't speak unless spoken to. Sorry. I gotta go to the bathroom. Use the bathroom bucket. Yeah. Oh! Ah.
kata again. Mm. I've been working on my kata. <laughs> did anyone else, no one else in this room did martial arts when you were a kid? No, never. That was for never? nerds. Oh my god! We just said hi and bounced around as Power Rangers and called it a day. It was the stupidest thing in the world, kata. And that was when I, re I remember they would, they would, you know, you're supposed to imagine you're pulling out the moves and you're doing it. And then I, I knew this is why I'm going to get my ass kicked. This clearly has mm. no practical application in the real world. Um, might have something to do with your words. My words? Getting your ass kicked. Oh, well, that, yes. That <laughs> I thought you meant my words in kata. You're not no. supposed to speak during kata. Kata is silent. It is meditation in movement, Scott. It's supposed to be seen, not heard. Just Many like apologies. Scott. I guess they don't teach that in Krav Maga. <laughs> it's not. It's not a, Krav Maga's badass. It's not a refined art, Krav Maga. They don't do kata. They just launch rockets from... 200 miles away. Um, listen, I, I, I didn't plan on doing this today. Uh, I had something else I wanted to talk about, but pretty sad day for me. Um, Alan Combs, I know, and I know a lot of people will be surprised. Alan Combs passed away at 66 years old, and I certainly wouldn't say was a close friend of mine, but he was a friend. He was certainly a working colleague. And um, I think it's important that we recognize not only uh, Alan Combs and what he did, but but how things have changed. Alan Combs was was. He was wrong on a lot of things. And yeah, I remember him kind of insinuating the Tea Party was racist. But Alan Combs was a much more classical liberal who at least would engage in a form of ideas. I mean, think about it. There was the show was Hannity and Combs. Um, and then they turned it into to just Hannity, which a, a lot of people at Fox liked because I remember people who would watch Fox News would just complain and say, why do you have that Combs? He's not. I only want Hannity and the flag. And uh, I always liked, as you know with this show, I always liked, you saw with Michael Ian Black, I always liked hearing differing uh, points of view. I felt like it was more educational. And Alan Combs was always willing to do that and, and often willing to defend free speech. Mm -hmm. hey, here's a clip showing you um, why he was one of, in a way of speaking, one of the good guys. In all the years I've worked there, since the launch of the channel in 1996, nobody has said, you can't say this, you can't do that. And I have a lot of freedom there. And also, I like the idea, and this is to liberals. Many liberals have been my worst critic. critics. You've gotten some of that when you were there. Yeah. Uh, because how dare you work there and take their money. But look, why preach to the choir? You reach more independents and even more Democrats on Fox News, given right. their huge audience, than you would on other networks. So I'm, I'm grateful to have that opportunity to have that platform. So Alan Combs... Um not only, and I won't, on a personal level, I won't say, uh, again, we weren't super close friends, but he did, you know, he went into bat for me on a couple of things after Hannity and Combs, the, the show, he was such a good guy that it, they kept him at the network and, and mm -hmm. really they didn't have a show for him, but he was a contributor. He had a radio show and I used to do that pretty frequently on Friday night. It was a Royal Rumble and it, he was hilarious. He was a very funny guy. I remember he would just go to his phone calls and he would just go, okay, line two, Alan Combs, you suck. And you, okay, line three, <laughs> click. <laughs> And, you know, that's actually where I met Sally Cohn. Oh, really? Yep. I met Sally Cohn at, uh, on Alan Combs' show on a Friday night. I remember during the fall and uh, late at night, I went to the Fox News studio, met Sally Cohn. And, uh, you know, that was one thing that Alan Combs was actually able to do. Uh, he was actually able to bring people into a room. And you don't see this a lot, by the way. If you go to MS or you hear people who've worked at MSNBC or even people at CNN, certainly on the left side, they don't talk about how, oh, man, you'd have so many people with different points of view and they would just be in a room together and have a couple of beers afterward and have a good time, particularly at MSNBC. This is inside baseball. Uh, but I knew this for a long time. People who worked there, 
they were not friends. It was not a friendly atmosphere. And Alan Combs was one, Alan Combs was one of the few people on the left who really did have a, a gift for that. People who knew him, loved him. He was funny. He was loyal. Uh, he, was, he was kind. He helped a lot of people. And he could bring people of different points of view into a room and, and, and make them feel like they, they didn't need to hate each other. I don't know if that was an innate skill that he had. I don't know if it was something by design, but it's certainly not something that you're seeing proactively um, being created as an atmosphere from the left today. And I, I, I do sometimes, uh, well, I, I, wonder, I wonder how far we're going to go. I wonder how far from that as an anchor point we're going to go as a society. And I wonder 10 years from now if someone like an Alan Combs, you know, would become more of a centrist. We kind of see that somewhat with Juan Williams. And again, I know the Fox News audience, they'll be going, ah, they're not conservative enough. And that was one thing I just hate about cable news. No. I remember on Fox, if you said, well, you don't have a differing opinion on this. Okay, the audience is not going to like that. They're 72. They're eating their hungry man Swanson TV dinners, and they want to see someone say America is great. And there's nothing wrong with saying that America is great. There's nothing. The oldest show I can remember watching uh, before I started paying attention to really conservative things, but the conservative the talk show was Hannity and Combs. That was the first exposure I had yeah. to anything that wasn't uh, just plain, you know, news before. You know, I'd hear Rush every once in a while in the car with my dad, but that right. was about it. it was Hannity and Combs first exposure? I remember. I remember as a kid enjoying it because I kind of liked the banter. And I liked the yeah. The, the viewpoints was different. It was more it was much more interesting to even my mind as a as a young kid. Yeah, than I mean, what you I, see today, I think I've I've always thought that was the case, and yeah. we have a we have a hard time booking. Uh, I think Alan Combs might have been on the show when we first launched. I know Monica Crowley has, and that's mm -hmm. his, you know, his cousin, and they used to have a segment on Bill O'Reilly all the time. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, I really enjoyed that. I've always enjoyed, and I, it's not me being disingenuous trying to take some moral high road. I, I don't know about you. You can tweet me at Crowder. I've always much more so enjoyed um, having a program with differing points of view and, and, and hearing them out. And that's why we try to get people from differing points of view on the show. It's hard to book them, but that's another uh, thing you have to give to Alan Combs. The guy was a gamer. The guy was willing to show, when, when other leftists would, oh. Fox News. I bet you watch Fox News. And it became a punchline. Alan Combs was there. Alan Combs could have gone to any network. He had the pedigree. He could have gone to CNN. He could have gone to MSNBC. So this idea that he needed to be there, he was he was their, their whipping post, Alan Combs. No. Alan Combs laced up his boots. He walked down that aisle and he showed up when no one else would. And I've got to respect the guy for that. And uh, he did some things for me. He did a lot for me personally. And he was very kind to me personally. And again, it's proof that we talk about this. We talk in general sometimes uh, generalities are necessary about how the left behaves. And I hope you see this on this program. We talk about the left's actions. And we talk about that a lot, uh, the left's actions and, and how they behave. But we've talked about this before when um, my friend Seymour uh, passed away. Mm -hmm. We try to not deal in ascribing motives. And, and, and that's one thing um, that I think is important in looking at uh, the life of Alan Combs. Uh, I, I think he was a guy who, who was wrong politically. But I think he had the right motives. And um, we need to leave room for that. We need to remember that, that there are people out there who might disagree with us politically who are, who are good people. And uh, if anything, you can just think they're lost and try to help them along the path. But Alan Combs was a really good guy. And uh, I think the world is uh, a slightly darker place without him. I know that some of you will disagree, but, uh, well, there it is. Alan Combs, thank you very much, sir. We'll miss you. Good man.